Snappies and Clappies, and we're in, and we're good. Here we are, um, you know, just just to start it off real quick. Um, did did you ever think you'd live in a in a timeline where you're basically in a staycation apocalypse? A staycation apocalypse. That sound that makes it sound so nice though for losers <laughs> like me who just want to sit at home and I don't know <laughs> there's definitely millions of people dying right but also well, stay like, in your fucking house I mean thousands of people are dying we're not at millions good point. yet um, good point it is it is scary though I mean like, you know especially for those still going to work they get to see how how risky it is still the essentials you're an essential man Ever, did you see that Baskin Robbins meme? The kid in the outfit. He was like, "How the fuck am How I essential?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one. Uh, but it's legit. Yeah, obviously, some businesses are taking advantage of it, in my opinion. Um, but you know, but there are jobs. I that mean, still keep going. I don't necessarily want to get into the hierarchy of the situation because I think we all realize, you know, what what we're in for and what what's necessarily going on. I guess I more so want to acknowledge, like, are are you aware that you're living through, like, a part that's going to be added to history books? Um, I don't think, uh, do, do any of us really realize that till it happens? I don't, I, I mean, I thought about it, you know, the other day. I'm sitting here at work, I'm, my, my entire, you know, my entire livelihood is upended because of the industry I work in. So, you know, every day is a fucking maze that I'm just trying to run through to get to the end of the day. And, uh, I'm sitting there and it just occurs to me like, man, this shit only happens like every hundred years. And then I realized that the reason I was able to know that is because I thought back to learning about the great depression and shit in high school, I gave it a Google. I read articles. This type, the the flu, the flu that hit before the Great Depression or during the Great Depression, that killed like millions of fucking people. Like, I'm talking like 1918, 1920. Like, last I heard was 1920, right? It was, it was like almost exactly 100 years ago. It, that. What are the fucking odds, <laughs> man? What are the fucking odds? I mean, I can't even, I can't even pretend to have a time machine go back in time six months and try to tell this to myself. Like, hey, in six months, everyone's gonna be trading toilet paper like currency. You're gonna be <laughs> stuck in home. You you will not shower. You will work every living moment of your time at home, and. Uh, and you will be lonely. <laughs> like, I'm. I, at least I live with my brother, so I get some human interaction. But let me tell you, it's uh, it's crazy how many people 
are just like hold the fuck up like i'm i'm going on probably like i don't know 18 or 19 days on on interacting with maybe four people in person yeah, it's, it's, it's scary to think about that, you know, even when you it's, go out. It's crazy. It's yeah, almost, every, I, I, I joke about it at work. I'm like, hey, it's like working at an Arctic outpost. <laughs> like I mean, you're seeing something completely different. You're seeing, yeah. you're seeing the dark underbelly of <laughs> capitalism. Of <laughs> <laughs> the fucking federal government. <laughs> um I mean, the nice thing is, like, like yeah, you gotta, I go to work, but I'm working at night. I'm not dealing with a lot of people besides, you know, my coworkers. But, I sure. mean, outside of that, it's, you know, it's a similar aspect. I come home, I, I, see, I see my wife, and that's it. Um, I run around to the store for her just because, you know, she, she is pre-existing. She has asthma. I don't want her getting it. So I generally run to the stores. And uh, today I ran to the I ran to Walmart, and they're doing, like, only so many people in the building at once. They're closing out yep. parts of the store. Yep. So like I'm standing there in line and like six feet apart, you know, hands standing on your way in, hand card. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's, it's, it's it weird, is weird. It's surreal. It's surreal. Yeah. I think the word, you know, I I grew up reading Walking Dead. You know, I grew up watching Night of the Living Dead and Twenty Eight Days Later, and it, you know, I even remember working in a movie theater when Contagion came out. You know, so. Uh-huh. I think the word I continue to use is surreal. Like, That's a good way to put and it. And I'm I'm getting outside, you know. I'm walking around the block, but I'm not interacting with people. You know, there's a there's a, a group of six kids all biking like three part three feet apart from each other, and when they notice me approaching, they literally avoid the shit out of me. And I'm just like, I'm like, is it me or is it the pandemic? <laughs> you know. So. uh you know, I it it's just so fucking weird out there right now. Like I went to a grocery store and there were maybe thirteen other people there, but the shelves were just fucking empty. And the workers were all wearing masks and gloves cleaning things. It just it feels odd. It feels uh, weird. It feels I- weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got it in that sense. I mean, I'm hearing people call it like a, a weird dystopian type present we're in right now. Yeah, I, I've heard other people that I work with comparing it to, like you said, where um, the virus outbreaks, the whole, the whole fact that we had that zombie. It's not for, nearly that bad. We're, we haven't no. looted yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we haven't turned whole, on each other yet. Well, some places are getting there, but that's the part that I, I was thinking at is is the way things are getting so rigidly organized is what gets like the thought ruling of the way the government controls and how it could change us to this dystopian of like a single file line, give us yeah. you know all your information. We need to know martial where you're law, about. man. Oh, yeah, martial exactly. fucking law. Uh, no, I don't think it's coming out. But... Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But, no, nah, it's just, it, it just puts the thought in the people's head, and, and, you know, we'll get by. It won't be a big deal. Oh, I've, I, I have to continue telling myself that, not just for my sanity, but also just out of the sheer, like, l- livelihood that yeah. I have. Like, I have to tell myself that this industry, that the world is going to be better soon, because it, I, I, if things continue to be this way, there are too many 
cataclysmic experiences going to happen to businesses like I care about, like businesses that affect my livelihood, you know? Um, mm. I'm even I'm even just talking basically like AMC theaters, you know? There's a lot of rumors that, like, they have so many fucking theaters that honestly springing back up after this entire thing is over is actually looking unlikely. And part of me is like, well, that's interesting, because then they sell back a bunch of theaters to independent theaters, and maybe we get some really cool new cinemas... Right. To, to pop up out of this. But at the same time, at the cost of AMC, which I which is a brand that plays, you know, independent theater flicks, plays limited screening flicks, you know, it, it's it's a brand that respects the art, I think. Um if if anyone has a megaplex around them, they know that usually two theaters are playing like an art house film or an opera, or a uh, independent feature. At least one. If not, if it's like a multiplex, then, you know, they're playing different country films, different foreign films um, on top of that. So it's just like AMC is a brand that takes care of that, and I just feel like if they if they implode, you know, that's going to hurt my heart a little bit. I worked for them for a little bit. I uh, That's just sad. Um, but I'm also thinking about at the same time, you know, all the family owned businesses that are just fucking going under right now, even the, the ones I like around me. Um, like I, I know one of the restaurants I liked around here just closed and said, like, it's unlikely that we're going to reopen. And I was just like, shit, <laughs> you know, that, that was a slap in the, in the stomach. Yeah, it's a lot of thing that people don't realize is the steady flow of business and income. A lot of, a lot of businesses, even larger corporations, as weird as it is to say, is they strictly survive on the fact that there's a constant flow of income and they have an right. income out, outgoing ratio of what their bills and costs are to keep their establishments running. You can't do that when you're on lockdown for two weeks, let alone two months that we're looking at. You know, so that's why we have these bailouts and things going into effect. But unfortunately, they're not going to do great for small business. You kind of right. almost have to be too small to where you could shut down and it's not a huge loss because you weren't really doing a ton of business. I've seen a local game place, uh, One Up Games. Um, yeah. They're, they're still like, hey, we're shut down. We're like, we might do things by appointment, curbside, we come by the house. We're not essential. This is Take just kind out. of going as, yeah, it's kind of going as private. And then, uh, you know, they're like, when if we If it's reopen, what they need to do to stay alive. Yeah, exactly. You need, they still need to bring something in. Uh, but it's basically just a guy running it by himself. It's not like, yeah. a, you know, uh, something that got a little bit larger where there's, you know, a crew of five people working there. Right. So it's not like he has to pay wages and pay for benefits. And but that's things. still his life. And I imagine that yeah. is still a a tough life right now. Uh, here, Here's a fun fact that uh, someone brought to my attention. I was talking to one of my buddies. Um he he told me and i have yet to really look this up but evidently the uh, just past the uh, fda just past screening on rodents the first vaccine against this thing uh has been highly built in a pennsylvania city take one ironic guess where oh um 
Oh, that's tough. I got a few that pop up. I'm not sure where that would even be. I of, only know of all places in this city, <laughs> where would it almost be ironic for a serum against a sickness to pop up? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be honest, man. I think we might be conflicting because I the the thing I know about is I know I know of a big place that makes flu vaccines. Say it. Say it. Uh, Sanofi Pasture, but that's. That's down by Tannersville. That's why I think I'm getting conflicted here because I we always joke about them being the Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great. That's great. No, I like that. <laughs> um, I, oh, well, what is it? I'm curious. So, so my buddy told me that it's happening in Pittsburgh of all places. Oh, and in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I and I'm telling myself that that's funny because that's the home of the zombie. That's that's uh, with, that's where Night of the Living Dead was was made and filmed and come up with. That's where Romero did his shit. He Pittsburgh, loves Pennsylvania, man. Pittsburgh is the home of the zombie, man. And and hey. of all places to come up with a vaccine that might get us out of this shit a little bit sooner and hopefully and and what I'm hoping for is not just get us out of this, but really cause it to go away, like eliminate it. Um because I think sustainability is is the first thing you need. Like, we can't keep having pocket repeated. Okay, it's real bad this month. You need to stay inside for the next two weeks. Like, that can't happen going into the future. You know. Well, and um, that's the, the the rough position that we're in. Is there? You know, these it's experts bad. now are they're saying it's this isn't just a this is going to come through once a go away thing. They're saying this is going to come back and forth. Which is why months. we need a vaccine. Which is why right. funding funding needs to go into the CDC and it needs to go towards vaccine development because it's it too many states are saying too many different things and some of them are taking it super seriously and some of them aren't and it's worse in other states than it is in others and I just think like it's always going to exist. You know, if if we don't get a vaccine, it's just right, always just, it's going to be the next flu. It's going to be the oh the the corona, the corona has shut you know shut several several states down. Um, you know, blah 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 has to shut down for another two months while they figure out this outbreak. Like I don't want that to be a repetitive thing that we we keep dealing with. Um, I, uh, I was listening to, just because you were talking about the vaccines, um, I was listening to uh, Dr. Um, Hotez, H-O-T-E-Z. Um, he was talking about how, why it actually takes so long for these vaccines to go into effect. He, he works on these, you know, things. He's been doing it for uh, his whole career. And he's like, basically, you know, it comes down to a lot of the, the trial and error, but the, the, the delays to get funding. He says a lot of these these labs and, and corporations that are trying to work on things like vaccines or, or cures for anything, not even just what we have now. Common COVID. Cold. Right. Right. Um, but he's like, we're working on, he's like, we have tons of ideas for vaccines that'll work on COVID, but you need funding and then you have to get the setting and then you have to get you know, right. control and all that. And he says, they have to go and ask for funding from companies, from the government. And he goes and it takes months just to get one trial. Just he's to like, get that in. Yep. Yeah, he's like, and we have a dozen lined up that we're like, if this doesn't work, we have 11 others to try. And we're like, okay, well, How in much 30 days, yeah, we'll fund you for one in 30 days. Get back to us after that, you know. So right. there's a lot of red tape that holds a lot of this stuff up. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's within <clears throat> reason, you know, most of the time. So I think, like, uh, 
I read somewhere a month ago, which is probably uh, two or three months into this shit, um, that some some big companies and almost the government itself already narrowed it down to like the seventy seven like comprising elements, um, you know the uh, the chemicals that would be needed to to shut this thing down because it's because it is so similar to other sicknesses that exist already. Mm-hmm. They've narrowed it down to something of like 77 chemicals. Somewhere in there is the key, you know, percentage-wise, uh, you know, you know the, the, the fucking pattern is there. And they just need to, to figure it out. And it's just like, oh, well, you do that math and you know exactly how long and how many different possible combinations there would be to, to make that happen. And it and it could it could take a fucking while to figure out that you know that composure um, if there are that many different chemicals. But it's like uh, to know to know that it exists is is nice to know that it's it's on the um, not to sound insensitive, you know, because we we're gonna sound that for a lot of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to sound insensitive, but people people are dying. I do accept that. I'm not someone who's not taking this seriously, but also at the same time, average world death rate is still higher than what is happening. You know, it's it's a th- it maybe makes up a third of average deaths expected around the globe every day. So part of me is just seeing this as, like, what it is, a really bad sickness that is affecting some people but not everyone. So, you know, I'm taking it seriously, but at the same time, like, I know that if it can be cured, then hopefully we don't have too much to worry about. All right, I mean, I mean, we got to be realistic and... Um you know, as much as we want to talk and joke about things, the reality is that it is, it is severe, but it's not, it's not, um, smallpox. It's not the plague. It's not Ebola. Threatening. Yeah. It's not Ebola. Even Ebola is threatening, but it's, the the, Ebola is on a complete opposite side of the spectrum of COVID. COVID has basically no symptoms. I, I work with a guy who just came back to work from it and he said he basically just had a little bit of, of, you know, uh, breathing shortness of breath. But the guy was still running. He's a runner. He runs, and I'm, I should you not runs twenty miles a day all the time. That's all the guy does. He just yeah, fucking runs. Yeah, I know people like that. He, he's like, oh man, I was only able to run twelve miles. I was like, fuck you, man. First of all, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I've I've heard as many success stories as I've heard like RIPs. You know, like I'm I'm not I'm not seeing it as an unbeatable or unkillable entity. Um, right. So it's it's not that we're insensitive to it. It's just um, there's a reality of. of it's not that it's so bad that it's just killing all these people. It is killing people, but it's the fact that it's so highly contagious. That's what's scary. Which is, this, oh this yeah, situation. oh yeah. Like that's literally the only reason we're at the 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 threat of panic that we're at now is because. Well, that's why I compare it to Ebola. Super right. spreadable. Super well, spreadable. Just e- being Ebola is spreadable really heavily, but it's it's because it has to be by fluids. 
So you yeah. can be in the same room as somebody as Ebola, and they can cough, and unless a droplet gets on you, you won't get it. Yeah. But COVID, somebody could cough in a room, and you could walk through it 10 minutes later, and if you happen to even breathe that air that they coughed, you got it. It exists. That's the, right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's you know, it, it's, it's weird. Ebola, if a bit of blood gets on you, that's why people have Ebola hemorrhage and bleed out of all their orifices, and that is because the virus <laughs> tries to spread. It sounds horrifying, but it's a reality. It's you know? a nightmare, man. Yeah, it's you nightmare. bleed out of your eyes. Nightmare, nightmare, you nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, but, it really is. But uh, it's, you it's know. just a lot more terrifying to see that than see somebody cough and say they have the coronavirus versus <laughs> bleed out of their eyes. And, just, and, oh, that's why, and that's why I love to romanticize Ebola. It is, it is the, the nightmare disease. Yeah, um, but we'll be all right. Like I said, we'll, we'll get somewhere. Oh, I I have no doubt. I'm just like pissed that it's <laughs> pissed that it's happening. Pissed that I have to live through a time where this is a thing. <laughs> we, right. Absolutely. We coasted through. Uh, I would say, <laughs> the last twenty some years by the skin of our teeth. It seems in some situations without having like a. A, g- a general global disaster, you mm. know, like, yeah, there was Iran and Iraq, but, like, that was instigated by us, <laughs> like, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that it didn't deserve to happen, and I'm not gonna say that we, we handled it poorly or anything like that, because I, I know too many people who served, and I know too many, you know, things that existed at that time, and I'm not gonna say it was entirely pointless, but it was not World War Two, you know, like, yeah. it was not, uh, the Red Scare, you know, it was not the Cold War, uh, living every night crying that you think an atom bomb is going to be dropped on you. <laughs> like, right, there's right. there there's a difference in what we're dealing with right now. And, you know, at, at the same time, I feel incredibly lucky <laughs> in comparison to some of those examples. Because here I am, <laughs> bitching that I'm stuck inside with internet. <laughs> Right, right. You know, you know it, could, it could be it could be worse for for literally everyone. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about places where you don't have that luxury. That's that's where it's really sucking. You know, oh, absolutely. Where, where indigenous indigenous are, countries are getting fucked right now. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I think it's the Philippines or something where they're literally just just driving around arresting people if they're out in public. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like, why are you home? Get in the fucking car. I think You're even, I, I just I just happened upon this on Reddit, funnily enough. Um, more, I would say, outskirt of, of cities in Africa are hiring threatening villages to come into oh, town right. and kind of chase people back inside with, like, whips and shit. Jeez. And it's super funny to watch these, like, village people walk up to, like, someone in jeans and just try to, like, scare them back into their home. <laughs> Apparently it's, like, a custom thing, like, the the respect for the people who live in the villages versus the people who choose to grow up in what I would imagine is closer to, like, the slums of uh, major cities. So it's, it's very interesting to see that dynamic in work. Um, oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. It's it it was very funny to watch, but I can imagine the cultural, uh, the cultural aspects of it. It's almost like the Amish just 
driving into my suburban towns and laughing at everyone. Right. Because <laughs> that's the closest I could come up with in comparison. The Amish are probably having a crazy time right now, but they don't know that this is going on because they don't have internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not out, they're not out spreading like we are. They're, no. You know, they've, so. they've been living this life <laughs> their entire life. Kind of like, what was that M. Night Shyamalan movie? The Village. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you want to talk M. Night Shyamalan movies, you've come to the right place, my friend. (laughs) Oh, I love that man, and I hate that man at the same time. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. So much much I saw him, and I met him, and I shook his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love him, and I hate him, and I love him, and I hate him. Um, Oh, you did I think it's about time that I introduce you. You, you, at one point you were like, my wife, and I had to think for a second, and I was like, oh, and like, I thought of your wife's name, and I was like, I was like, yeah, he's gonna start doing that, isn't he? It's, it's uh, my wife. It's just better than constantly saying names. You no, know I mean? know, like, <laughs> I know, you get the pronoun, you deserve it, you deserve it. So, uh... I'm I'm sitting here. Can you believe it? This is episode 159, Ooh. and uh, I'm here with Gnarly Charlie, who hasn't been around in like a spell. I'd say like every blue moon. I think like every like 60 or 70 some episodes, <laughs> you just you just pop in for a little bit. But that's that's a joke because we see each other often and we have the intent of recording and then we usually just get high and play board games instead. <laughs> so it's literally what I do with my uncles, so I'm not mocking you when I say that. Like my uncles tell me all the time like, "Yeah, recording would be fun." And then literally all we do is like get high and like eat ribs. <laughs> It's like, oh, we have a good time, though. And we record, uh, well, you do Let's Play stuff on, like, Twitch and YouTube sometimes. And we've, we've done that before. And that's, and that's fun. But, uh, but it's been a, it's been a solid minute since we've done a collaboration of sorts. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously times are tough. Well, we had, I had a lot going on, and like you said, we still see each other. It's like every couple months. Yeah, every every two or three months, I'd say. Um, and it, it, you're absolutely right, because like I'll text you. I mean, I remember texting you a few months ago, and I was like, "Yo, man, I want to get on. I want to get on." And then it's like so much shit going on. <laughs> the, t- the time <laughs> comes to come on, and next thing you know, coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, so that's why like we were talking about it the other day, and it was like, "Oh, what's your actual schedule? Let's get this shit rolling." Um, yeah, I mean, well, I definitely want to start getting on more. I mean, I, I have topics that I, I definitely want to discuss and get a little deep. Oh, you're, it was your <laughs> idea to do this episode, so what, what we get into is absolutely your fault. <laughs> Just take it that way. I, uh, what, what I would like to do at some point in the future is I want to I want to I want to pick some specific. I got one to tell you about at some point about the the Pope's little cathedral. Uh, the head of the snake. Okay. That's a that's a good one. We'll we'll get into that. Not, oh, not we today. we can we'll talk personal that. ones as well. <laughs> well. We'll definitely talk personal ones. But I'm here with gnarly Charlie. Um, I I first wanted to briefly talk about, and that's just because I usually everyone who listens knows that I don't usually get to what the episode's about until like minute forty five. So let's talk <laughs> for like another couple minutes 
um, about some other stuff that I just wanted to cover with you and, and you specifically, just because I feel like we'd have a fun conversation. Um, I, uh, I picked up Doom for five bucks on the, uh, on the Xbox One, and uh, I gotta be honest, I, I really didn't start to enjoy it until about like halfway through the game when the like double jumping was unlocked. Ev- in 2016. Yes, everything. Okay. So yeah, no, I got it for five bucks. I've I've played the um, <coughs> I've played the 64. I played parts of three. Um. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, story. We're not. We're not going to talk about three. That's. I mean, three is a good game, but it's not. It's not a Doom game. Hey, I'm. It's. It's okay. I'm going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to get it out there right now. I. I need you to just hear this. Hmm. I kind of like Doom 3, and I'm also going to yeah. level with you and say, I kind of like the Doom movie. Uh, which one? The one with The Rock and Carl Urban. Oh, I was going to say, because there's two now. Fucking Annihilation <laughs> No, you could see, and, and here's the thing, I understand why you hate the Doom movie, but for me, I don't know, there's no real difference between that and, like, Predator. Honestly, no, I, I get what you're I like it's, the it's cast a... enough. It is super schlocky. It is super quotable. There are badass sequences five, hidden in there. Like <laughs> right. Super five, motherfucker. Um, the first person uh, scene was was almost revolutionary in a lot of aspects. It was mind blowing to see at the time. Um, it had some good aspects. They showed the BFG. It wasn't right. It didn't work the way it was supposed to. That kind of threw some people off who, who played the game right, a little bit. Right, right, sure. But um, but they're not going to do a Doom movie and not do a BFG. So Right. But I can also understand the other side of the spectrum saying, but you also can't do a Doom movie without Hell. And part of me is just they, like... They didn't do that. For me, for me, you can skip the Hell thing, personally. No, it, it personally. has to be has to be hell in some sort. This whole point but that's, demons. But that's the thing, though. We're calling them demons. Humans. Listen, we're calling them demons, but really, they're interdimensional extraterrestrials. Okay, but the movie was mutation. Not I know, but I'm just I'm, I'm reasoning with you. You're, you're trying to make an excuse for it. Don't make an no, excuse no, no. for it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are no excuses. I acknowledge this movie is garbage. I'm just saying, I like it. <laughs> I like, like we're allowed to like, like yeah. garbage. I, I actually, it's, when people say, you know, do you have like a guilty pleasure movie? I usually say something like Doom, because a lot of people hate it. <laughs> a lot of people hate but, it. That's that's fine. I'm not I'm not, not going to say it's like you can't like Moon Rider. It's just the aspect of like... Doom has been tragic. Like the Doom game, the original game, anyways, was on more computers than Windows was. For sure. Crying out. Like, like, sure. Like that's how known and popular it was. Um, I'm not saying I know once it gets enough, once anything mostly gets into Hollywood's hands, it gets destroyed, especially video games. Sure. Um, they sure got a track record so and, for and, it. I mean, we you look at Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. It is nothing like any Final Fantasy game nope. that's ever existed. Um, but Doom, and it was so close, that's the thing, like, they did a lot of references, the guy Pinky in the wheelchair, granted he was more of a tribute to Doom 3's version, um, but the name Pinky was an ode to the original, the BFG, the Imp, uh, Mutation, which is supposed to be the Imp Demon, um, the Hell Knight they brought in, he's from Doom 3, he's now in the new ones as well, so they did a lot of things that I respected, but I'm like, you literally missed 
one part, which was just making it hell instead of mutate. They even could have right. kept the whole ancient race that lived on Mars. Right. All they had to do was add in. Well, there was a look no or look no further than the 2016 game. That it's it's very little talked about, but it is absolutely a plot point. So you know you don't you don't really need to totally explain it. You know because it's just. We all we all watch Doom, and I think we acknowledge its problems. I don't think, I don't, it, as someone who likes it, I just, <laughs> I I just say like I'm a big fan of Carl Urban. I'm a big fan of The Rock. I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I'm a big fan of schlock. <laughs> so, right. you know, I'm. Okay, what's his name from uh, the Rob Zombie movie? Exactly, you know, wasn't he? Right. No, uh, no, he plays. Uh, he plays fucking uh, Portman. He's, he's yeah, great. Yeah, that's I couldn't remember. <laughs> he's great. And and even Goat is in a bunch of... Uh, I think he he was in The Exorcist show, and he's fucking awesome. Um, the guy who plays... The dude. The guy who plays Duke was in uh, a, a bunch of other movies. Big fucking black guy. Um, you know... Well, Duke, Duke from... Was it the OG Predator with the, the chain gun? Yeah, the gun? yeah. Bill, Bill um, it's funny how they have a, a, a tribute to him with the new guy, the other one, where he does the same thing, where he's spraying around with a minigun, yeah, <laughs> like panicking. Yeah, uh, yeah there's a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. I don't knock it in that aspect. And and then one I think for yeah, for me, for me, I can almost forget that it's based off of anything and just enjoy it as a movie. I guess, um, mm. you know, uh, it just has it just has that title. Unfortunately, it if it had been called. Um, you know, Ghosts of Mars or something like that awful John Carpenter film. Oh God, then, you know, I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> you know, switch those titles and you have a you have a way different <laughs> you have a way different movie in front of you. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we what, have to go back and actually look that movie up. What did you mention that? What did you uh, what? Oh, Ghosts of Mars? No, do not watch it. It is terrible. Really? It is awful. What, that, that came out in like the, the 90s, that, right? That, the late 90s? Uh, early 2000s. Early, early 2000s. 2000s, okay. Um, and it's, I, I'm, I'm able to say early 2000s because it was John Carpenter's like worst period. Where he, Isn't there like a train or something? There is absolutely a, a, a train. Okay. And, and it, okay. it's awful. <laughs> it's a bad movie, man. <laughs> It's a bad I, movie. I, I just I just remember the, the title it. and I remember a train and now I'm really curious. Nah, man, it's it's really it's a really bad movie. Even even the um, even the way it it non-linearly tells the story, it's just awful. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's it's like John Carpenter has done some good stuff. John Carpenter has done some legendary stuff, and John Carpenter's done some some pure shit. And and Ghosts of Mars is in the pure shit category for it's like, it's sure. Like Clive Barker. Clive Barker's the same way. He's done some legendary shit and absolutely I will I will a hundred percent back that <laughs> statement up. Um same same fucking boat. And and you know what? Both of them just need their need their hit to go out on for me for me john carpenter has his chance if he if he asked the right studio for the rights for dead space john carpenter can leave this leave this world an amazing amazing video game adaptation director (laughs) that is right up sally actually oh he he's played dead for space he'd played dead space he he has done interviews where he's like, oh yeah, I love that game series. I would love to make a movie based off that. Um, in in a way, it's almost shitty. Ghosts of Mars has a baby with Event Horizon by Paul W S Anderson, 
has a baby mm. with uh, the thing, <coughs> Carpenter's flick in the eighties. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, what what did you think of of the first Doom game? Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah, um, the remake. We're talking. Okay, so. Well, we thought it was a reboot until Eternal came out, and now we're starting to think it's a continuation, and it is actually canon, and it's, um, I can't, I'd have to refresh myself, but one of them takes place after Doom 64, which they brought back in Doom Eternal. Nice. Uh, Doom 2016, I get what you're saying, and until you get the additional movement, it feels a little weird. Um... Because the game doesn't have your stereotypical tropes that games have nowadays, where they have your little tutorial and story and prologue nope. and break-in. There's none of that. It's literally like the game tries to be like, here's story exposition, and then Doom Guy's like, get the fuck out of my face, I'm just here to kill I'm here to kill shit. And that's literally it. Like, there's literally scenes where the guy, uh, Dr. Hayden, tries to talk to him, and he just punches the screen he and breaks the computer. Like he, yeah, and, yeah and for a little no fucks about the story and for a little bit as much as I understand that um, I am a person who cares about that type of stuff so it was hard initially for me to get into it and and I'm you know I've I played Bulletstorm you know I'm not I'm not gonna put a gimmick past a game like this game's gimmick is definitely the uh, the brutality and the uh, the run and gun, you know, almost like a dance type of gameplay. Um, it it is unreal, like like anything else you've ever played. But at the end of the day, if you don't have like a, a compelling story or you know compelling things to add to the gimmick, I'm I'm just someone who's gonna walk away a little dissatisfied. Um, because, you know, like, as an example, and I talk about it all the time, like, my favorite type of games are, like, Shadow of Colossus, Bioshock, you know, um, you know, they, they both survive off of relatively similar gameplay throughout the entire title, but the stories are just, you know, one of them, like Shadow of Colossus, story is never talked about, there is no exposition dump, you put it together yourself. Whereas Bioshock, the story handholds you throughout the entire title, even to the point of having a narrative twist regarding how it's handholding you. So, like, you know, it, at the end of the day, I do care about hell. I do care about, you know, what's going on and uh, and and why it's happening. But at the same time, it's doom. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's that's the reality. Is this isn't Shadow of the Colossus, or this isn't? No. Uh, would you kindly? This is this is Doom guy who uh, demons invaded is based on Mars. He made it to hell. He got out of hell, surviving somehow just by pure brutality. And when he gets out of hell, he finds they murdered his pet rabbit Daisy, and then he goes on a blind blood rage murder spree and kills everything he can in sight related to demons because they killed his pet rabbit Daisy. <laughs> That was the first Doom series. That's that's Doom one and two. Um, now this one, the way it goes forward, uh, I'm gonna be honest. 2016 is very light on the narrative. Um, it's very dark. It's very gritty. It's obviously over the top gore, so it's almost comic comical at some point. Totally. Um, you do start getting some narrative towards the end, and it is still very light. Uh, when you get to hell, you start finding these these stones that give you exposition dumps on who the Doom I, player I is. I loved those. I thought those were great. Anytime Hayden talked, I always enjoyed it. I thought that voice actor was real cool. 
Um, and the villain, the villain is exposition, uh, which I enjoyed thoroughly. I'm trying to think of uh, uh, that Avengers movie. There's so fucking many of them now. (laughs) So I I Um, have to say which one with Ultron. With Ultron. Age um, of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, they took a very big inspiration for Aiden for Ultron. Big, tall, robotic. He has a very similar way about his voice and mannerisms. Oh, um, I, I actually did I had that. to Google it because I actually did think that was um, the Stargate actor who plays uh, Ultron. Yeah, I, I used to watch him on that show, Red, uh, Red Something. Uh, one. Uh, he's, he's like a charismatic whatever guy. Um, I was going to say Blacklist, I think he was in. Yeah, but they call him Red, right, in the show? I don't remember. It was, it was That was Anyways. a couple of years ago. But yeah, I actually thought that was that actor for a little bit. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very, very close mannerisms. Yeah. Um, now, I guess the 2016 does give you a bit of a dump in that aspect. Towards the end of the game, um, we start to see the Sentinel Knights. Yeah. And you're like, oh, who are these guys? Why are these guys have different armor? Why did I see statues of them next to Doom Guy? Why did they have the same markings as the Doom Guy? Right. Um, and not, not to jump ahead, but Doom Eternal is a whole fucking game of exposition dump. Like, it, there's flashbacks. You know what? That everything. makes me want to get it more because I haven't played it yet. Um, Doom Eternal's. It's a little jarring for me, anyways, going from 16 to Eternal, because I did replay 16 a couple weeks before Eternal came right. back, or before Eternal released. And um, when I jumped into that, um, the way the game plays. You get a dash, which makes movement way more fun. It makes the combat way, way better. Um, but ammo count is really strict in the second game, which is interesting in my opinion, because I'm like, well, the game literally lives on the premises and the title. Of being able to just run and gun, yeah. Um, but their counter, and I, I do give her props, you kind of pick it up, kind of like how you're at, you hit that point where you got the, the ability to double jump in 2016. Yeah. And Eternal... It's around that same time in the game where you finally realize, oh wait, the chainsaw refuels automatically every so many seconds, and every time I kill something with a chainsaw, it gives me a fuck ton of ammo. So you you learn that you have to kind of incorporate just Mailing randomly saving people. as yeah. Uh, yeah, finding a zombie, run up chainsaw, replenish your ammo, go back around slaughtering for you know forty five more seconds, find a zombie chainsaw. Yeah. And it's 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 a, it throws you off once you realize that, and you're like, this is kind of weird. But that but creates a rhythm them, in like, itself. Exactly. Um, it's just one of those things where you, once you start getting a little bit over halfway through the game, you don't even realize that that's just instinct. Um, but the exposition, there's tons of story, there's tons of flashbacks that it, it almost feels like a totally different game. I, I imagine it color. does. That, 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 that sounds way different than the experience I had. Um, I definitely think they're doing good, though. I, I really like 2016. I, I thought I liked it way more until I played Eternal, and then now I'm like, oh, 2016 was good, but Eternal's it's Eternal great. better. You know, I was I, just going to ask what you I, like I, more. Um, and, and I think they're doing a good job. I mean, they're, they're oh, they, dude, they, they made a, you don't you don't gotta tell me. I mean, I <laughs> I thought Doom was good uh, when I finished it. I had a I had a fuck yeah mentality. You know, it definitely won me over. I had to I had to sit down and play it. You know, I would say four or five times. I had to be like, okay, let's you know, let's hop into Doom and see how it's going. It was a short campaign. It was easy for me to bust out like a couple hours in every sitting. Um, uh, the second one's definitely longer. I, I I had hoped actually because I remember getting through 
Doom and just being like, well, that was a short... Because I remember, um, and what I was going to talk about next was, um, these are the, at least Bethesda, same studio, also remade, um, uh, fucking, uh, Wolfenstein. Oh, and yeah. I actually didn't play those. Dude. Yeah, I know, I know. Dude! Dude, <laughs> New Wolfenstein, Bethesda Wolfenstein, that was one of my favorite games I, I played, like, two or so years ago. I, I got it maybe a year late, and I cursed myself for getting it late, because the second one was already coming out when I was playing the first one. And um, I literally just picked up New Order, um, uh, or New Colossus, um, yeah, it was Old Order. The yeah, one, New right? Colossus, uh, the second one. And then they have like a kind of two and a half that I'm going to pick up later. Um, so I was a little hesitant to dive in because of the latest one with the daughters. I heard some very mixed reviews on that one. It, for, for me, Young Blood or whatever it for is. me, it's unrelated because, you know, I, I haven't gotten there yet narratively. Yeah. And at the same time, the experience I had singularly with Wolfenstein was phenomenal. Like, I thought it played beautifully. I thought the graphics were amazing. I thought the story was great. I thought the acting was great. Um, the, the company does the same thing they did in Doom, which is they throw in little levels of the, the OG Wolfenstein to give you the option mm -hmm. to play through for a little bit. Well, Doom only more so winks at it, whereas Wolfenstein makes it a plot point. If you if you choose to have a nightmare when you rest in certain places, you'll wake up in Wolfenstein Classic. And, oh, okay. and you can play through the almost the original game in its length if you choose to end every like day, quote-unquote, with a nightmare. Um, it doubles the game length, I think, because it, there are, like, six or so nightmares that you can have throughout the game. Mm. Um, but it's super funny to see where Wolfenstein started and what it is now. Um, much like, much like Doom. Same, same, like, machine. Same company. Um, nah, man, you're, you're missing out. Uh, I, I waited on Wolfenstein... And I, I ended up thinking it was one of the best things I've played in a while. I, I said I've been wanting to check it out. I actually bought the um, the Xbox Gold uh, Premium yearly subscription or yeah. whatever, the one that gives you access to the Game Pass, and they have them on there. Nice. Um, so I've been thinking, I've been slowly working my way through the list. I, I played Darksiders 3, I've been meaning to do, and um, uh, Ace Combat 7, a few other games. So I was kind of working my way down the list, and... Um, the 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 first game comes with um i think it's two dlc um but the one is almost like its own game it's half as long as the wolfenstein title itself but that's oh, wow. the i think it's called the new order um um that one is like It's a side mission that prequels your your World War Two expedition that starts the the base game. Um, before you get put on ice, so to speak. Um, 
but uh, it it is very much like a Indiana Jones episode. You are a secret agent infiltrating um, the Nazi regime in a uh, foreign location, and they are digging up occult artifacts that are making uh, Nazi soldiers undead. And it's just, it's super great. <laughs> it's super cool. And then the base storyline is just waking up in a dystopic future, you know, Man in the High Castle style, um, where just the Nazis run everything and the entire world is upside down. There are, there are robots walking down the street, you know. That's the second one. No, right? that's the first one. Oh. This is the first one. In, in New Colossus... Or, or, you know, whatever the second one is called, um, you're in America. In in the okay, in the first one, good. you're in um, Germany. You're in the hometown. You're you're playing it from Berlin, and um, you're living in like a sewer to to get by. You as a part of the revolution, and uh, I know that the second one takes place in America because um, they reference it a lot in the first game. They say, uh, they like Germany in itself, like the heads of state say that America is the most unstable situation that they've had to overcome because there's just such a revolution over there to, to tell the Germans to fuck off. So like they have order over there, like they won the war, but there's a heavy resistance and that's, that's where you come in, in the second game. I think, um... You, you literally just go home. You're an American soldier, so I think you literally just go home at the start of the second game. Um, yeah, play through the first one and, and let me know what, what you think, because honestly, it was it was such a good fucking time. Listen, I have it on my list, um, and talking about it might make me jump jump ahead to the, Please the list Please do, please do, because I honestly, like, I'm gonna start the second one, I think, pretty pretty fucking soon. And part of me, a little part of me, is thinking of recording the entire first game and its DLC just as, like, a, a tribute before I get to the second one. Because I just, like, I want to play the second one super bad, but I also know that I played the first one, like, a couple years ago, and I definitely, like, could use an, another go at it, because I only played through it the once. Um, it's good to refresh yourself a little bit. It's also a short enough game that I feel like I could get through it relatively quickly. Um, streaming it or not streaming it, I feel like I would still get through it pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. I am streaming a game right now that, that may or may not be up on the YouTube as I as I mention it, but uh, I hope I hope people are excited for that. I'm, I'm doing a uh, recording. I'm doing a game with my buddy Frowns. What are you doing? It's it's a bit of it's a bit of surprise. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I haven't talked about it, but I've alluded to it. I'll I'll tell you and then just cut it. We're we're getting close to to an hour. I was gonna talk to you about another video game, but I I guess I just want to to talk impressions. Um. And um, what? Have you played the Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes? Uh, I have played 2 remake. I have not played 3, three remake. 3 remake just came out, them. so that's that's okay. Um, um, what? Yeah, that uh, 
soul. Short. I guess I guess what I was gonna ask was not even related to those, um, <laughs> which is rumor of RE eight. What do you What do you want to see in it? What do you want to get from it? Uh, did you? Yeah, it's actually kind did of. Did you play seven? You this. I literally, I did. I did it. Yeah, I actually streamed it. That was one of the first games I ever streamed. Um, it uh. Seven had a good concept being first person. It actually worked really well for what it was, but it wasn't a Resident Evil game. It was a haunted house, and they just slapped an umbrella, and instead of using the word spooky ghost, they used the word I get why player. you're saying that, but you do also have to acknowledge that it is a Resident Evil game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Capcom slapped the name Resident Evil on it. It should have been Resident Evil but game. It you gotta, you gotta realize at the end of that game, Chris Redfield shows up, and then the DLC happens, and then the second DLC happens, terrible. and you're punching gators, and you just you gotta accept <sighs> all of it as it's as it sits. It's, <laughs> it's such a shame that this is what the series has come to because that series growing up, Resident Evil One and Two. As terrible as they look, gave me so many fucking nightmares as a I child. Know. I know. We've had many conversations about games. your love for Resident Evil <laughs> and my disdain uh, for it, tank controls. <laughs> ah, tank controls are so much fun, though. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it, it's an issue. I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed Seven for being its own game. I didn't enjoy Seven for being a Resident Evil game. Um, I, I, why it's kind of funny to bring this up is while I, while I was actually making my coffee um, before the show, I opened up and I'm scrolling through the timeline waiting, and I saw an article about Resident Evil 8 rumors, right. and I just happened to read it, and it's literally fucking Resident Evil 7 right. again. Like, it's just fucking first person. It's, it's heavily rumored to, to even be the same character in a different situation. That's exactly but but now he's mm-hmm. been brought into the umbrella company fold. The the BSCCA or BSSSA or whatever. The Just fuck call it new umbrella. <laughs> well, then there was blue umbrella. There was neo umbrella. There was it's it's just all over the sure. fucking place, man. Do you um, think the remakes are doing a good job of narrowing that spectrum a little bit? The remakes, Resident Evil Remake 2 and 3, as much as 3 is getting flack for right now, which I understand, Resident Evil 2 smashed the ball out of the park on what people wanted and expected, and I think a lot of people had nostalgia glasses and forgot how short Resident Evil 3 Nemesis right. actually is. If you, if you, you don't have to be a pro, you don't have to be a speedrunner, if you just played the game and beat it and know where everything is, it's like a two and a half hour game. So, like, when this game came out and it got beat in six hours blind, and people are like, that's too fucking short. And I'm like, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis was like a a six-hour game blind. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, they all technically are. It's just you think they're longer. Because you're exploring. Because you don't know where everything is. Right. And Resident Evil 3 doesn't have multiple characters to pick from, where 1 and 2 does. 1 and 2, but, you know, 1 has Chris and Jill, 2 has Claire and Mm -hmm. Leon. So you have two discs, you have two characters, technically you have four scenarios because you play one first and the other, and then vice versa, like you do um, um, Leon first and then right. Claire, I think that's the canon ending for Resident Evil yep. 2. Um, I might have it backwards, but either way, you know, is in 3, you just have Jill. Right. Just so you Jill. beat the game once, and that's it. Uh, I do agree in the aspect that they said there's no mercenaries mode for Resident Evil 3 Remake. That's a little upsetting. And... Um, 
there's like no costumes. There's no unlockable costumes no. except for like one or two. Oh, yeah. Um, so th that sounds weird to, to say, but Resident Evil's had that forever. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And and it's st it's if it stands out to you, then it's enough of, of something to mention. I think um, um, I I didn't play seven. Um, a lot of people I know did. I've watched three different people stream it. Um, mm. Is yours up on a YouTube somewhere? It was on Twitch. Yeah, it was actually the first one of the first games. I missed your Twitch PS4. days. I I only caught a couple, um, but I never I never saw you play through seven. Um, I watched uh, I watched Markiplier play through seven. I watched uh, Matt and Pat play through seven. Um, <laughs> and I and I, I think I watched. I may have even watched uh, Ohm Wrecker play through play through seven, um, but Ohm Wrecker's good. Ohm Wrecker's a good time. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's uh, I I find him to be non-judgmental but not annoying at the same time. He's genuine. I feel I feel so, and he also yeah. you know I think I can relate to him because he's not amazing at games, but he's but he knows his his niche. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have the, 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 I mean, I can't say he's not amazing because I see the way he plays some of those games, like, um, like the Jason game. Friday and, and, and uh, Dead by Daylight. Yeah, He's, he, Dead he was Daylight. my sole reason for getting both of those games. They, they, they deserve, they like deserve to, to pay him. Oh, absolutely. He, he baited for both of those. You know, he, him and H2O Delirious, they deserve their spots on there. Um, but I, I don't really like a, a ton of the Vanoss crew. I remember there was a period in time where I, I, I watched cartoons and stuff, but he's just a little too loud for me. And, uh, and H2O is just a little too hyper for me. Um, I find, I find Ohm is a, is a pretty good middle ground <laughs> of, of hype mm. versus seriousness. Whereas like, whereas like, if I am desperate I will watch PewDiePie, or I will watch, like, Jacksepticeye. Um, not that either of them are awful, it's just they're not my go-tos, you know? Yeah. Um, I wish I had more friends that streamed stuff <laughs> and posted it, because I've been watching uh, my buddy who's on this show, who goes by the name Punxsutawney Trill. <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> he... <laughs> He's been streaming, I think, a, a different game for every, like, two weeks, and he's been posting it up on YouTube. I think he's on game, like, 16 or 17, and I think his, his wish was to play 100 new games this year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he might be doing a game every week, or a game every two weeks or something. I forget. Maybe he's just playing games, and then when I, whenever he finishes one, he starts streaming the next one. He told me he's compiled a list over the last couple years, and he, um... He... It's, it's all different platforms. He's not just doing, like, uh, you know, a, a PS4 titles or, or playlist or anything like that. Like, He's already played, like, an Xbox indie marketplace game. He's already played, like, a first-person shooter. He's already played, like, a, uh, you know, uh, side-scrolling, like, platformer 
shit like that. He's he's all across the yeah. board. Um, but you know, we we like to talk about video games because that's that's how we we've spent a lot of time together playing playing our games. Um, a lot of time. If I had expectations for eight, just based on things I I know and have seen, what I'd actually hope for at this point is a seven that has the story of like I don't know like one or like four you know where it's like you're interacting with supernatural elements and that's actually like the heavy rumor right now is like I think quote unquote <coughs> it's supposed to be about like genetic testing and something about like werewolves quote unquote um, I don't hate that, but what I want is to have good characters that compel you through the story that you meet up with every once in a while. Like, they have roaming bad guys, and I think that's cool, but I also think we need roaming good guys, like, scripted good guys. Like, I feel like the last title to even try and do something like that is, like, Bioshock, uh, Bioshock Infinite. You know, like, Elizabeth is, like, just as much a part of the game as you are. And, like, I feel like a first-person game where, like, let's say you're this Ethan character from Seven, but your actual partner in the game is, like, a Leon or a Jill, you know? Um, I think that that could be cool, and that could make it a little more action-oriented, maybe a little less scary. <laughs> Like the way that the original three like the had way it, that the original three had it, you know, the, it's the just as scary as it is actually. Would, would, yeah, you, you would trigger in events like if uh, in the original uh, with Jill, if you did the plant section a certain way where you didn't kill a plant and got picked up from it, Barry would like come in with right. a flamethrower and save you. But if you did it scripted differently, something else right. would happen. Um, there's a lot of things that the game kind of lost a lot of its roots on that people actually like. That's what made the game great. One of the one of the few things. There's a lot of things that made the series great, but there's a lot of things where you're like, oh shit, I didn't do this right. Something else could happen, or you know, obviously you could get crushed in the room because you picked up the shotgun. <laughs> right, <You> know, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> which I have abs- which I yeah, absolutely did. Um, you know, uh, I I was over at my buddy uh, Frowns's house when he was playing through it, and every once in a while he'd hand me the controller. I. I already explained it to you. I just get... I get anxiety with wandering enemies, man. Like, I don't... I don't want to have to spend an entire video game running away from someone. <laughs> that's just... That's like, too yeah, much. Like, you, you've... Like Mr. X. Yeah, you says, put... Yeah. You put uh, Alien Isolation in front of me and I, I shit myself, hey, yeah. you know? Like, I just... I, I can't. Um, it, it hits into such a a primal fear <laughs> in my head and i just, just i the, go i go stiff man um, on the topic of, of resident evil and that and that line um resident evil 2 did that way heavier than 3 did surprisingly 3 has nemesis which was supposed to be the whole point that mr x who was brought in, in he's resident a precursor evil 2, the, in the original yeah genetically speaking yeah he comes he comes in and it feels like he chases you in the original original resident evil 2 and it's mostly scripted events that he shows up 
um, in the remake, there's sections, there's whole sections that he of just the game patrols, where you're in a police and station. And if he hears you, he just comes yeah. for you. Oh yeah, I watched that I watched Markiplier play through it. No, that doesn't really happen in the new Resident Evil Three remake where Nemesis. No, Nemesis is just always in those mm-hmm. in those streets until you get to the scripted segments. Yeah, they're mostly all scripted. Oh yeah, like, and even when they're scripted, it, they're just rails. It's they get just you from run, A to B. A to this, B. Run. A to B. Yeah, yeah, it does feel um, relatively scripted. So it's a little, it's a little disappointing because, like, believe me, I'm the same way. I don't like, I didn't like Resident Evil 2 remake where I hit those sections of the police station where once I would do the medallion puzzle, I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta run. Or well, when you're doing a medallion puzzle, you're getting chased right. the whole fucking time. Right. For the most and part. I just there, there and were parts of that where I'm just like, ah, uh, <laughs> like I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm able to play, like, Dead Space, you know, like, I've played those. I didn't like the the segments where the, um, the, the unkillable enemy, you know, you had to, f- you had to the find, one, yeah, oh, it's in game. every game. It's in all three of them. He always yeah. comes back yeah, in some iteration. Like... You have to find a way to kill an unkillable enemy, and it's usually, like, crushing it or freezing it and, you know, just decimating it somehow. It's in all three of them. And just those segments are just like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's the point. I mean, I know it's the point, and I hate it. <laughs> so, like, no, when I, I, I when I watched you that. play through Isolation, when I watched Markiplier play through Isolation, like, there are just parts of me where I'm just like, I don't know how you guys are doing this, just making these decisions to run at certain moments versus others, because, like, to me, you know, this thing has a read on you regardless if you think about it or not, you know, like that's just the way the game is made. Um, and and yeah. I think of uh, uh, Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 very similarly, like it is walking around listening for you. <laughs> if you start hearing those steps coming, you better get fucking moving, man. <laughs> there were parts of, of 2's playthrough where I would I would just jump because he'd come out of fucking nowhere. And I was just like, oh man, the idea of like being balls deep in like a puzzle and you start to hear those steps, <laughs> like, no way, no yeah. way. There was a, there was one segment I went through when I was playing, um, I, it was down by the uh, locker room area where you could get the grenade yeah. launcher as Claire, or I think the shotgun as Liam. And um, I remember I was getting the button pieces for the number pad to unlock the stuff in the locker room. And he was in, he was free roaming, and you can trigger, I believe, a liquor on a different difficulty in that hallway as well, um, along with a couple zombies. And then just, in the harder difficulties, you're trying to save ammo, so you're just kind of juking, running by. And I remember one point where I ended up getting clipped by the liquor, and I was kind of running. Of course, Mr. X shows up. <laughs> Pretty dope at the same time as he punched some zombie in the fucking face and, like, killed it, because it got in his way. And then he chased me in, and he chased me into the save room that has the dark room yeah. for the, the photo yeah. development segment. And I'm sitting in the save room, like, fuck, man. And I hear his boots, and he literally opens the door and, like, peeks inside the room. And I was like, what the fuck, man? It's the first time I ever saw it. And he doesn't come in the save room, but he will open the door and peek inside. And, like, I'm standing I don't right think there. I noticed and that. Be like, oh, close. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. And he literally closes the door and walks away. But I remember he legit hung outside that spot because there's the staircase right outside the door. There were two zombies and a liquor, and he just kept, for some reason, I don't know if his scripting got messed up, but he just kept pathing totally. back and forth in that one side of the hallway. So every time I would open the door, I would just hear his boots come stomping down the hallway towards but me. But I, 
but I saw like stuff minutes. like that happen in isolation too. There were there were solid segments where you know that that scripting, that pathing that you just mentioned, like would totally fuck itself up. You know, there would be mm. there would be segments where I'm watching Markiplier who constantly just keeps getting reloaded in the same section and the AI just keeps acting the same way and he's just like I have to get over there but it keeps spawning there and it won't spawn differently I thought you told me this game is supposed to adapt and change and always be spontaneous and he's just like he's dying at the same segment over and over again no matter how long he hides like it just honed in on him and he ended up beating it by just literally sprinting through it and I was like, that's opposite the answer the game provides you. The game tries to tell you that you need to, like, <laughs> crawl on all fours to get through certain levels, you know? And that's the thing that starts to break the the immersion in you know, Alien Isolation, was, like you're saying, is a prime example of where scripting goes wrong. You're like, oh, why does he keep coming out of the same right. fucking vent? There's four other vents in the whole area that he's supposed to randomly come to. Why is he coming out of the same one between me right. and the objective? Um, you know, I gotta run and hit a panel, but the panel takes a second because I have to hold the fucking button down and do something, and then I gotta, you know, stop halfway because I hear him drop out of the vent. Well, he keeps picking the one that's right next to the control panel as an instant. <laughs> um, and that, I, I, I didn't have, I, I had some issues with pathing, where he would keep pathing the same one, and it made progression really yeah. tedious with the alien and alien isolation. But the thing that fucked me, that fucked me the most, the absolute most that made me, when I went to replay the game for Halloween last year, I was streaming some horror games, and I went to replay it, and as soon as I hit the sections with them, I instantly said, nope, this is why I don't want to replay the game, is the fucking androids, man. The androids oh, you, you told me that the first place. So, so fucking, there's so many of them, there's so many segments of the game that are based around them instead of the alien, they're, they're just relentless, they're, they're nonsensical, it, it's way overdone. It, they, it was okay to be in the game a little bit, like how they are early, but they're just it just gets to take up way too much of my fucking time. You, you told me like, that on your first killable. playthrough, man. <laughs> you you don't even have to you don't even have to defend yourself this time because I remember you telling that, me that, literally yeah. every bit. Um, you were stuck <laughs> at that segment on your first playthrough when I came over. You were literally in the databank hallway where there are like four rows, but they're at the same time like three or four androids walking around those four rows that you have to run by computers and hack. And uh, I just remember like just being like, this doesn't look fun. <laughs> it's like none of this That's is what fun. It's like <laughs> they, they try to go off the suspense aspect so much. And like I get it, the androids have. You, you and it really them. is you a beautiful be game when you think about it that way. Yeah. There's so many tributes. There's so many. There's so many tropes to to the, especially the first game, the first movie, yeah. I should say, um, which which I feel gets overlooked because of part two so sure. much, um, sadly. But uh, and I love I love the first movie. I love I love that that um, that, that ambiance. Absolutely. Of uh, the whole aspect where two is two is obviously action, but the the game really makes you. It makes you feel like you're... The first one is far more atmospheric. Uh, until you run into 40 fucking androids. Yes. <laughs> Which is not like the, the first movie very much. Um, right. Yeah, we've we've talked about video games for a while. We've talked about things for a little bit. You you want to get into uh, get into our episode here. Into the, the shit that we're going to talk Ooh. about. I'm sure people have noticed by the episode's title... Um, 
that we're covering some some random topics today. I actually chose to, um, and this is this is all gnarly Charlie's idea, mind you. He he was. I asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, "I don't know, man. Some conspiracy theory shit." And I was just like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> and uh, I actually went right to the heart of it, and we're gonna read through some Time magazine. Um, short, like one paragraph conspiracy conspiracy theories, and we're just gonna we're we're gonna shoot the shit. This is like a shoot the shit episode. If you haven't already noticed at at hour and like ten minutes into this recording, um, but this is a shoot the shit episode, and uh, we're we're gonna cover some conspiracy theories. Um, this one it has a special place in my heart. Um, it's it's my favorite Stephen King novel, um, eleven twenty two sixty three. Uh, it's the JFK assassination. Um, let me go ahead and read this this short one for those who don't know it. This is this is all from Time Magazine, mind you. This much we can stipulate: President John F. Kennedy was assassinated on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three struck by two bullets, one in the head, one in the neck, while riding in an open-topped limo through Dealey Plaza in Dallas. Lee Harvey Oswald was charged with killing him, and a presidential commission headed by Chief Justice Earl Warren found that Oswald acted alone. The conclusion hasn't passed muster with the public. A 2003 ABC News poll found that 70% of Americans believe Kennedy's death was the result of a broader plot. The trajectory of the bullets, some say, didn't square with Oswald's perch on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository. Others suggest a second gunman, perhaps on the grassy knoll of Dealey Plaza. I love the grassy knoll. Participated in the shooting. Others believe in an even broader conspiracy. Was Kennedy killed by CIA agents acting out of anger over the Bay of Pigs or the behest of Vice President Lyndon Johnson, or in my books, Hoover, by KGB operatives, mobsters mad at Kennedy's brother for initiating the prosecution of organized crime rings? Speculation over one of history's most famous political assassinations is such a popular parlor game that most people have taken the rumors to heart. 32% of those polled by ABC believe Oswald carried the killing on his own. What do you think? Are you an Oswald the Rabbit type of guy? <laughs> um, I got a quote, um, the great and legendary rest in peace Bill Hicks on this. Back into the left. Watch his head. Where does his head go? Back into the left. But Oswald shot him from the back. Now, listen, I, I, I'm familiar with firearms. I know how exits work. Um, the, the, the way a lot of it happened, though, the way he moves, the way... Um, I don't want to be disrespectful here and being graphic, but the way the the, the matter from JFK... Oh, yeah, you, you get into it, man. I already said we're being insensitive this episode. It's fucking <laughs> the way his brains um, splatter. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you do get blowback, um, but you get a larger exit hole than where you get your entrance hole. Um, the back of your skull doesn't blow out when you get shot in the back of the head. Um, it, it, again, the, the magic bullet, there's there's so much. There's so much about this case that just doesn't make a lot of sense. It is, it is said um, that it took Stephen King 12 years 
to to finish writing eleven twenty two sixty three in a way that made him feel at least at least like he was paying homage to the best of his ability to the actual event. Um, it is a very fantastical book. It's a very romantic book, in my opinion. Um, I I think it's my favorite Stephen King novel uh, ever. Um, but but yeah, yeah. I, I actually watched that. Uh, what was it? Netflix Hulu. adaptation or James Franco? Hulu. That's it. it's it's not um, it's not good. bad. Um, in in the book, he's by himself the whole time. It's kind of the the only crutch of the Hulu series is they give James Franco someone to act with in a lot of his scenes, but imagine a guy who's literally just stuck back in time, trying to, you know, pass the time until he could prevent Kennedy's um, assassination, and then when when it actually comes, what happens, and how it changes things. Um, very, very interesting book. I, I personally, I, I've never, I've never actually broken it down into, what? into bullet trajectory or anything like that. I, I'm not. You're you're more of a, a military and guns guy than I am. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to know any volume about that. Uh, what I will say is, um, they released a lot of the documents that were evident at that time, and there was a whole lot of black in those ledgers, my man. Um, right. And there's there's a that, whole that lot. Or... Yeah, in that era, that was covered the fuck up. So. You know, I'm I'm never gonna just sit or put all of my pieces in the Oswald spot, because um, like I don't know how much you know about Oswald, but I literally just finished listening to last podcast on the left's I think six episode uh, six episode breakdown of the assassination, and they paint Oswald out to be a fucking idiot, and and yeah. and yeah, absolutely. I, I for the life of me, just can't really imagine him being the one to do it. He he was a radical, and but he was an um, idiot. He was a troll. Things, right, right, exactly. My point is, is, is he, he's a radical in the sense of he did truly believe that. And I, my philosophy on what actually happened stands in some of the the common aspect is he was there. He did do it in the sense that that happened. But he wasn't the one that actually pulled the trigger that eliminated. Oh yeah, JFK. he was absolutely there um, with the intent to kill, but he did not pull the killing shot. Right. I, I think he was there. I think he did believe in what he wanted to do. Um, but I think I think he was just a pawn by the CIA. Um, I mean, the CIA has a lot of issues, even to today's standards. They have a lot of issues with what um, they need to keep their grounds fighting with other government agencies. Oh, absolutely. And. Uh, and uh, there's a lot more that happened, and, and obviously, this article mentions the Bay Pigs. That's a whole right. other story for a right. whole other time. Um, but the JFK assassination, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like I said, the trajectory alone, um, and, and him being like you said, he, he was a troll. He was he was almost almost moronic um, in the way he just even spoke about the things he felt strongly oh, yeah. about. He wasn't very very much of an intellectual on that. No. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he was fed. I think he was fed by government agents to do what he did. And then, you know, gets belly shot walking out of a, <laughs> well, a, a government he, facility. Well, he then equally gets told <laughs> to shut up and go away. You know, it's, it's, pretty, yeah. it's pretty easy to see 
that um, that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna hold on to this one too long. I think I think it's one of the greatest conspiracy theories of all time. Um, you know, uh, it it will it will continue to beguile. Um, I I think now like something like um, evidently someone was able to. Uh, biologically break down and try to put together who like Jack the Ripper was based on blood and semen uh, that that is still in collection um, mm -hmm. apparently now they have the tech to like break that shit down part of me still can't believe that like you don't know that that blood that that cum you know that those juices are from the, the you know the people who are responsible for this for this event that we are choosing right. to break down. So it's, it's one of these things that's just lost in time. You know, Jack the Ripper was just a, a thing that fucking happened. Um, it could have been multiple people. It could have been one person. It doesn't matter. A bunch of bitches are dead. So, you know, I, I, I do want to mention one thing for the, GFP yeah, yeah. Before we bounce off that. I know we're, we're, I know we're trying to keep no, it no, short, but feel um, free. one thing that, that that's not mentioned in here. And just if people want to look into it, is something I found in the last year or so was the autopsy discrepancy of when he was first checked out, and then when he actually arrived and was checked out in a, in a you know by an official autopsy, he was checked beforehand, and uh, there, there's a discrepancy on markings on JFK's corpse huh. versus what was originally documented to what was documented after, you know, because he was checked several times. Yeah. Um, Again, I, I'm trying to keep it a little obscure. I want that's something you actually need to read because then when you read it, you're like, oh wait, why? Why are there literally different markings on his corpse? Why? Why aren't these lining up with other yeah. statements? Um, and this isn't like just a random doctor. This was this was brought in for official checking, and they're like, wait a minute, what? what why? Why is this all weird here? Um, again, I'm trying to keep that vague, but that's definitely something to look into for anybody. Who's and you about and that. you Besides chalk that up to difficult. corroboration. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I know I know Hoover and JFK did not get along, and I know that that Hoover had had his hands in many cookie jars and had way too much power for you know for where he was at. Like I just think uh, a lot of people had too much power for where they were at. Look up the another thing that go on for why there might be inspiration is just look up um, JFK's um, secret society speech. Yeah. It's literally, I mean, it's a long speech, but there's there's a few minute segment uncut where he talks about secret societies and secret organizations within the government that secretly run everything else of the government like a puppet yeah. master, and he's saying that that him and presidency, this is that he won't stand for this any longer. This needs to end. Blah 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 blah. And this was shortly, shortly before he got assassinated. Hey, man. So too, too many, too many people, too many people saying I don't like that. Yeah, too many powerful people. Oh, what are you, what are you gonna do? Uh, you're gonna get shot in the head. That's what's gonna happen. It's a. I mean, we won't really know. We'll, we'll never really know unless, unless somebody comes out at some point on a dying bed and admits to having information on it legit information or, or something in that aspect obviously it'll always be theory I always liked that Sean Connery's role in the 
Michael Bay film or Jerry Bruckheimer film, uh, The Rock. Uh, I like that he he was uh, falsely accused and put into jail for uh, for treason because he claimed to have documentation about the assassination of JFK and then it ends up being like a plot point and Nicholas Nicholas Cage <laughs> fucking finds it at the end of the movie and and he's just like honey you want to know who killed JFK and it's just it's just it's the start it's the start of that uh that national treasure <laughs> yeah you want to you want to read this next one <laughs> Ooh, the big one. The big one. In I mean, way. for I us, definitely. And, and and honestly, I don't have too much to share about it, so I mean, you you go ahead and read read these two little paragraphs. Alright, so uh, continuing on with conspiracy theories from time, uh, we have the 9-11 cover-up. 9-11. One, one. Uh, right? The, the in-plain-sight, a lot of people will know it from. Uh, so going into what they have here, uh, since the JFK assassination has been a national tragedy, tragedy so heavily imprinted in the Americans' mind, which is true. And I didn't no, it, that, Twitter, but I mean, think back. That's everything. that's that's our Everybody life. Have, this is this is the the thing the thing that you know. I think I think about I yeah, think about every once in a while. You can bring it up to anybody you know, and I guarantee at least everybody I've ever talked to knows exactly what they were doing when they Absolutely. found out this was happening live. Like, it was just yeah. one of those events. Um, continuing on. Uh, so it was uh, heavily imprinted in the American minds, or that it was given rise to quite as many alternative explanations, conspiracy theories. While the videos and photographs of the two planes striking the World Trade Center towers are famous around the world, the sheer profusion of the documentary evidence uh, has only provided even more fodder for conspiracy theories. A uh, May 2006 poll found that 42% of Americans believe that the government and the 9-11 Commission concealed or refused to investigate critical evidence that contradicts their official explanation of the September 11th attacks. Why had the military failed to intercept the hijacked planes? Had the government issued a stand-down order to minimize interference with a secret plan to destroy the buildings and blame it on terrorists? In 2005, Popular Mechanics published a massive investigation of similar claims and responses to them. The reporting team found that the North American Aerospace NORAD. Defense Command, NORAD, NORAD, that's a, that's a very mm -hmm. important place, by the way, uh, did not have a history of having fighter jets prepped and ready to intercept aircraft that had gone off route. And while the team found no evidence that the government had planned the attacks, lack of proof has rarely stopped conspiracy theorists before. Right. And and that and that's just how things are going to be, you know, a lot like the um, the JFK. This is... This is one of those ones where, for me, honestly, it could go either way, and, and no matter which way it goes, I America is still the the loser, you know. Like it's 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 one of those almost meaningless things that I think about. <clears throat> it's like, did this have to happen? Did this have to happen for people to get their point across? Did did this have to happen to bring us to war? I mean, I think, you know, if you're if you're deep on the um, on the oil baron theory in regards to why nine eleven happened, I think you'll you'll say I can absolutely believe that the government made that happen to secure um, 
big oil deposits in enemy territory, so to speak. Um, but, you know, the other part of me is like, but did you have to kill that many people in that type of fashion? <laughs> like, did it yeah. have to, did it have to happen that way? Or can, can you be a smarter government and just, you know, man, make a sickness that you have a cure for and then cure it in like six months and then just say it was a random happenstance of nature. Somebody ate that. I'm coming up with a COVID, a COVID <laughs> conspiracy as we speak. Um, it was all, it was all a, uh, a government test to see how much they have control over basically shutting the world down. Um, JK, not really, maybe. Uh, how, how do you feel about 9-11? Um, I mean, we have, we have evidence. It's, it, you can't dispute the fact that two planes flew into these buildings. I mean, I saw one of them happen live. Um, yeah. I remember yep. sitting in sixth grade, um, walking from English class to a science class. And at the end of the English class is when they made the announcement. We were waiting in line outside of our classroom to go into the next classroom when they announced all Everyone's teachers going to basically basically stop you know parents are coming to pick up kids you're on lockdown we walked in all the teachers were watching it the only one building was hit at that time um and then that's when the second one was hit and i remember seeing that live and uh obviously now you see the video footages that people took of when they were filming the first tower that was hit you see yeah. a second plane come in and hit it that's it's irrefutable in my opinion Oh, the totally. Issues, the issues I have, though, the, the very strong issues I have, A, we'll stay in New York, is Tower 7. Tower 7 is almost an entire block away from the two World Trade Center towers, and Tower 7 collapsed like a fucking pancake. Yeah. And no other buildings closer did. Makes no sense. They say it was just from the residual heat from the buildings, from the towers. I, I don't agree with that. That doesn't make any sense. Because um, then everything else around it would have been vaporized to the same or, extent. Or yes, there should be some more evidence to it besides just a building collapsing like a controlled demolition fall. Um, it fell a free fall. It's controlled demolition. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why didn't the building just burn instead so of So you collapsing? say someone had wherewithal enough to know that it was going to happen to stage that specific thing. Um, it, the, the oil theory I have is that it was just... You know, the, it, it's not that the planes didn't hit. Um, it's that, which which I don't believe that rumor or that conspiracy. You know, I just think there's 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 too much there for me to not believe planes actually hit that. Hmm. Um, uh, the 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 oil conspiracy that I'm talking about is the CD alternate, um, the CD underbelly, you know, ulterior motive of the government that they were basically, um, they, they were making it look like, um, who we would end up going to war with was far worse and gave us more of a reason to go in there. You know, it was the, right. uh, the Ozymandias watchman attempt, the, the greater good, you know, now that all these people have died, we have more of a reason to come together and, and do, do what the government wants to do at that time, which is make money and, and steal things from other countries. It's so, you false, know... It's a false flag. Right. Um, we, we, we had a uh, president in power who had strong ties with uh, other officials of, of the oil industry. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot of issues in the aspect that the people that did this were Saudi. They weren't even Afghan. They weren't. They weren't from Afghanistan. Um, yeah. And obviously, Iraq somehow got dragged into this. Um, yeah, th- there's a big issue on, on on big oil businesses. That's absolutely a, a very plausible, very open, discussed topic. Um, a, a very um, h- hidden, I guess, topic is uh, opium. Um, opium. Okay. Yeah, th- there's a lot of soldiers you could talk to. Um, one of our friends, I won't drop any names on this, um, but they they have reference for it as well. Um, that just basic military. We're not talking spec up guys. We're no, I know basic, who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. basic runs, basic marines, and they're being stationed to guard opium fields. And they're like, why? Why am I out here guarding acres and yeah. acres and acres of drugs for what? It's not what I'm here for. You know, we're here. We're supposed to be here for a reason. Um, because of uh, an oppressive regime or anything of that sort. No, 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 no. We're 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 using. You know, millions of dollars of personnel and equipment. We're using military to, to babysit stuff that we care about. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then and you could even track that and see the spike. Oh in no, it's not the first happened. time in history that that's happened. Right. And you, you see a huge spike in heroin in the U.S. post 9/11 after we invaded. Um, yeah. Easily easily traced. Um, hey, crime also, crime keeps money flowing. Laundering <laughs> money keeps money flowing. You know. Well, I'm, it yeah, keeps have, the system running in its imperfect way. Uh, we have CIA agents that admit to um, the crack issue, bringing crack into the, the, the poor, downtrodden slum communities of America to keep people on habits. Um, we have, uh, we have the, the dosing of prostitutes, uh, prostitutes dosing. Uh, they were undercover CIA agents that were dosing uh, patrons that were coming into brothels and bars, uh, dosing with acid. Just you would you would go into a brothel, talk to some strippers, drink some beer after work, and they'd be dropping acid inside your beer. And they <laughs> did this. It's on. You could look it up. It's it's published. Totally. It's it's not yeah. hard for me to believe it. So when when stuff like this gets brought up, you're like, yeah, okay. This is why people question this stuff. Um, it's hard to trust the government when they're going to dose innocent American civilians and stage them to the point where the American can't wake up and be like, what happened? I was drugged. Because then at that time you're going to be shamed because you were at a brothel because you wanted to, you know, relax. Um, so it, it is, it's, it's weird. Uh, 9-11 has a lot of weird things. The oil is definitely one of the most uh, in your the, face The aspects. implications and the, the repercussions of 9-11 uh, almost, for me, just deeply overshadow the, the actual event itself. Like, I know... I know that like it happened and a lot of people died and I do accept that but part of me is just like man that that singular event uh, changed the course of way too many people's lives and that's the reality that a lot of people need to think of like, like just speaking from my own personal standpoint is I'm a, I'm a devil's advocate in a lot of in a lot of things that's why I make, looking at conspiracies is, is kind of hard for me I like doing it um, but I'm also one to be like, okay, yeah, this, just because, you know, there's some good evidence on the other you side. You look at it objectively. Um, but, but with, you know, 9-11, innocent people were killed. That's why this is one thing that I think people should take seriously, because, you're, you know, you can't have a tyrannical government that will just kill thousands of innocent American people just yeah. for money, just to invade, you know, another country. Yeah. Um, 
it's not that it's in dis, you know, uh, in disrespect to those that, that died. It's it's more in effect of were they actually killed by our own government or you know was it actually the hands of terrorists? Um, in fact, on 9/11's aspect, uh, with the planes that hit the centers, the the World Trade Centers, we had Tower Seven that fell without even being touched at all whatsoever. Then you have the hilarious aspect of the Pentagon that had yeah. no no photo or video evidence of a jet airliner from any building in the area smashing <laughs> into the side. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Some some stuff. You're right, and that's and that's something to focus on. Some stuff just doesn't quite line up. It's the Pentagon, um, man. You're gonna tell me that they didn't catch a single fucking glimpse of an airplane? It's the Pentagon. I could probably catch an airplane on my security cameras at my house. <laughs> no, you can. I know you can. <sighs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I like this next one. We, we spent an entire episode, you and I, talking about this one. Um, <laughs> I want to say that's episode 71 or 72. People can, can quote me on that. Um, aliens, Area 51. It's a, it's a popular topic. You, you and I love to talk about aliens. Um... We may have the Tang thanks to the space program. Oh, I love Tang. It's a beautiful drink. But who gave us such innovations as the stealth fighter and Kevlar? Aliens, of course. Conspiracy theorists believe that the remains of a crashed UFO spacecraft is stored at Area 51 in Air Force Base, about 150 miles from Las Vegas, where government scientists reverse engineer the aliens' highly advanced technology. I also think that's where Wi-Fi comes from. Fodder for the for this has come from a variety of supposed U- UFO sightings in the area and testimony from a retired Army colonel who says he was given access to extraterrestrial materials gathered from an alien spacecraft that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Some believe that the government studies time travel at Area 51, also known as <coughs> also known as Groom Lake or Dreamland. The government has developed advanced aircraft and weapons systems at nearby Nellis Air Force Base, including stealth bombers and reconnaissance planes. And the government's official line that the details of Area 51 are classified for purposes of national security is only seen as further proof that the military is hiding aliens or alien spacecrafts. Um, as much as you and I talk about aliens, it's one of those things where, like, if they really did exist and we knew, um, it's not hard for me to believe that there's just a government, there's just a power, there's just an agreement that they're not going to talk about it because they don't want people to lose their shit. I mean, we see the, the panic now over... Like, over a flu, yeah. What do you think is going to happen if they admit aliens exist? What if, what if we finally exist? You know, religion... Religion goes nuts. That's that's fifty percent of the population. Maybe maybe a third of the population, that that doesn't that immediately loses their shit. Or you um, know the Pope's now saying that aliens exist. <laughs> I mean, sure, but how many people are actually listening to that? Oh no, I know. Those, um, the, the in their in their own heart of hearts, in their own personal beliefs, and then at the same time, that's a complete science you know science upheaval of. <laughs> Of history as we know it, you know, how much has been influenced from when to when, and you know, I don't want to get into to it too much, just because you and I have spent so much time on other episodes talking about it. But just like, give me, give me your your alien UFO, Area Fifty One, uh, 
you know, thoughts. This is where um, I, I got to give a little disclaimer. This is why I said I, I, I hate to use the term devil's advocate. But things like Area 51, um, obviously I don't know. I'll never be a person that says I know for sure unless I actually know for sure. Facts. Um, that's why I feel I'm very agnostic with a lot of things in life. Because unless I know for sure something happened, I'm not going to say I know. I'd be lying if I said that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if UFO crashed outside of Area 51. I don't know if they have it. But what I, again, feel, just for this story, this example of Area 51, I think a lot of it just results from experimental aircraft and, and equipment from the military that people catch and gets written off as UFOs. Um, stealth, stealth bombers, stealth fighters, things that were being early development before the aircraft that we know of now. You know, people will compare it now. They're like, well, a stealth fighter bomber doesn't look anything like a UFO. Well, you don't know what they were doing at that time and place yeah. 20 years before that. Um, but do I believe that there are aliens? Absolutely. I think it's absurd to say that aliens don't exist. We know the universe is infinite in vastness. Yeah, big, and that's and that's exist. something you and I have talked about in length. Is just there if if we exist in our small pocket, you know, and there are literally infinite pockets, then yeah, it would be pretty stupid to admit that there yeah. there isn't a possibility of of just something else. It's so infinite to the point that the term of like a parallel universe is literally just saying that no 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 the universe is just so large that this is all happening somewhere else because it's so large that things are just lining up that way to happen all over again yeah you know what i mean yeah so like um, the big bang happens the same way you know the the creatures come out of the swamps you know they grow their legs they they go through evolution the same way you know there's there, it could be heavily likely that there's just another you somewhere else making the same decisions, you know? That's that's how many possibilities there are that, that you know, the universe, the space is just so fucking vast. Yeah, and that just, and just using it as a point to reiterate the fact that if it's so big, you're going to tell me that there aren't aliens. I mean, uh, and my, my point is, is, okay, when did we get a hold of them? Or when did they come and visit? Is it leftover technology? Is it something from when the Egyptians were around that we found? Or, you know, or even believe... predating that, yeah. Exactly. Aztec. Um, you know, ancient civilizations. I hate right. to use that. Ancient. Because, like, no, that's the that's, History that's the Channel point. likes using that term with all the, the crazy nonsense. But pre, you know, pre that, that growth spurt that we had in uh, knowledge and, and tools and uh, development that uh why did we just have these spikes i mean you look through history where it's you know through evolution it's just spike through this age spike through that age yeah um you know some people talk about the idea of an outside influence um i don't know but you know you brought up the point of wi-fi uh, there, there's there's jumps i mean look at what we had 50 years ago versus what we have now this look at what we had 20 years ago i remember dial yeah. up man <laughs> I remember dial-up. Now you're telling me there's shit flying through the air that we can't see, and it's just signals bouncing off of shit? All right. All right, man. It's a, and not even just Wi-Fi of what you have in your home, to the point that like Elon Musk and um, uh, Zuck from Facebook are like, yeah. oh, no, no, we, we could give Wi-Fi to the entire world. We could put satellites in space that would emit free Wi-Fi to the entire planet. Yeah. We, we can do that right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this isn't. No, no, no. We need years to develop this. No, we have the technology. It's just it, it comes to to funding and and 
having the ability to you be know, able to what, do what that would for that the do? governments. What would that do to the market, you know? What would that... Right. Yeah, I, um, I totally because, get that. But it, it's this is a hell of a you know, te- you know technological jump that we've done over the last century. Oh, I wasn't joking. There, there are people who believe that some of the tech that we've gotten is, is definitely inspired by technology picked up by... Uh, other dimensional or space dimensional uh, beings, you know, like uh, they're just how how the way things operate, how how TVs went from tubes to digital, you know, way quick. Now we have TVs that are paper thin, you know. Think about that, you know. Science science fiction does sometimes directly interpret science reality and I and I do believe that and when you were talking about the um the UFOs it's very easy for me to believe that some nerd somewhere designed ships to look different than our current ships just to see how they would work and then some asshole drags it out to a desert and it blows up and someone notices it's not hard for right. me to believe that at all. That that type but of shit it, probably happens all the time, mind yeah, you. That that's what I'm getting at is, is I'm not saying that UFOs aren't real. I I believe that they but very that, well. But that's a very happened. but that's a very good UFO argument. Hmm. Um that just we have more like with Area fifty one, you know, they've they they've said, you know, this is this is all classified technology, it's classified information. We do experimental aircraft here. They tell you that. And if people are like, well, we're seeing UFOs outside here. Yeah, because we do fucking experimental aircraft right. here. Right, because we're you know doing I mean? that. Because we're doing um, that. I mean, they're telling you without telling you what it is, but they are telling you. It's just that we have things now that, that I think are more um, accurate on us actually coming into contact that are now we're getting aircraft. We, we have Navy, Navy fighter jets spotting ufos on their cams and, and oh, yeah. they're going out and, and interviewing about it and basically what it is is the brass is telling them hey we don't know what they are just just don't come in contact with it you know we see them from time to time we think they're a phenomenon you right. know they don't know what they are right um you know and there, there's footage from cams where they're catching these things on thermal and they're they're dropping altitude faster than an airplane oh they're they're, they're out speed. of there I've I've yeah. I've listened to exact conversations that you're talking about right now, you know where it's someone in a plane reporting back to someone at base and they are having a, a discussion and I am seeing camera footage and these things just disappear. Yeah, you know it's good because like they pop get, in, they get noticed, and they're out of there. They're out of there before anything happens. Yeah, uh, apparently the Atlantic is a hotbed for it too. Um, the East Coast is where, is where a lot of the Navy sightings, like the real Navy sightings, are happening. You know, not like the, the Mexican Air Force videos you see. And I'm saying that that was not true. Oh, yeah. No. Um, there there but, are, there are you know, there is definitely some, some zany shit going on. Um, you, I, I want to I wanna keep us moving. Do you know about this next one that I'm going to have you read? Uh, this I... I have not. I have not heard about this one at all. Um, hold on, sorry. I gotta. Oof, oof. I actually like this. Now I'm curious. You got me curious. How have I not heard of this? <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, g- give it a read. This one's called Paul is Dead. Paul McCartney never wrote Maybe I'm Amazed. He never formed the band Wings. 
They never clashed with Yoko, became a vegetarian, or fathered any of his children. When Queen Elizabeth knighted him in 1997, she was actually knighting someone else. This is because conspiracy-minded Beatle maniacs say Paul McCartney secretly died in 1966. Theorists claim that other, that other Beatles covered up his death, hiring someone who looked like him, sang like him, and had the same jovial personality. But the guilt eventually got to them and began hiding clues in their music in the song. Taxman George Harrison gave his advice for those who die, meaning Paul. The entire Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, which, by the way, is fucking amazing. It's a crazy album. <laughs> <laughs> the album was awash with Paula's dead clues. The Beatles had formed a new band featuring a fictional name, Billy Shears. Supposedly, supposedly the name of Paul's replacement. The album contained John Lennon's A Day in the Life, which had the lyrics, He blew his mind out in a car and the recorded phrase, Paul is dead, miss him, miss him, which becomes evident only when the song is played backward. Lennon also mumbled, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. In interviews, Lennon said the phrase was actually cranberry sauce, and denied <laughs> the existence of any backward messages. <laughs> I, just, I just fucking love it, all right. Get off my dick. Cranberry sauce. Um, Paul is dead believers think the Beatles accompanied these backward tape loops and... Uh, references to death with album covers that illustrated the loss of the friend. The original cover of the 1966's Yesterday and Today album featuring the Beatles pose amid raw meat and dismembered doll parts, symbolizing McCartney's gruesome accident. The fans placed a mirror in front of the Sgt. Pepper album. The word Lonely Hearts on the drum logo could be read as 1x he die 1. Okay. Uh, and of course, there's the Abbey Road cover. Ooh, I actually heard about this. Yeah. On, the, on which John, George, and Ringo forewent all pretense and pretended to cross the street as a funeral procession. John wore all white like a clergyman. Ringo, the mourner, dressed in black. George donned jeans like a grave digger. Paul wore no shoes. He didn't need them because he was dead and walked out on the set of the others. Paul is dead, then his, impo- his imposter is still at large. He met and married Linda with whom he had four children before losing her to breast cancer in 1998. He released a live album in 1993 called uh, Paul is Live. Uh, likely story. Likely story. <laughs> <laughs> and produced more than 20 solo albums. And that's not even counting the ones released by Wings. Then he endured a, a horrible diver- divorce from Heather Mills, which uh, may have made him wish he was dead. Or at least we're, we're, still, uh, we're still Billy Shears. So who is the real uh, McCartney? The world may never know. Um, I, I actually kind of, <laughs> kind of surprised. I heard about um, uh, that the album cover of, of them dressed up like the the, the funeral procession. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't heard of any of the the any of the rest of this. No, and and this is one that's you know it got by me. I think I think this was an era thing. This was just like a. A fan theory type of thing that floated around. We we didn't grow up in like a Beatles age, so I I mean I don't know any conspiracy theorizers um, who who pass this type of one along. But I don't necessarily know if I believe it, and it mostly comes down to the why. Like like why cover it up in the first place? Well, they were a really popular band, and they didn't want to, you know. Uh, lose money, you know, but at the same time, it's like, new Paul still had talent and went on to do a ton of shit, so it's not all just a conspiracy, it's just, Paul isn't Paul is what you're telling me, (laughs) like, I don't know, it's not, 
It's not something that I'm going to look at and be like, what is the answer? <laughs> it keeps me up at night, you know, as I'm Pepe Sylvia along a fucking corkboard with yarn and photographs. Yeah, I mean, we lost Lennon to a murder, and, um... It was it Catcher in the Rye? Like, it's an awful book. <laughs> awful fucking book. It's, uh... It's crazy how these things work. That one, obviously... I mean, I get it. They, they were still together. They were big at the time. Um, Sgt. Pepper's is actually one of my favorite albums of all time. And, um... I... I mean, I, I'm gonna look into it on what they're talking about. The, the innuendo and, and phrase is referencing it. Um... But I've never, ever caught or heard of anything related to that um, with McCartney here. But hey, some people want to go deep, man. Some people want to go deep. <laughs> you you mentioned this next one when we were talking about Kennedy. Here's a here's a fun one for me to talk about. Um, this is the secret societies that control the world. Um, if it gets into Freemasonry, other than Illuminati, you know that might be another thing, but. I think it's going for Illuminati. Um, if you were really a member of the global elite, you'd know this already. The world is ruled by powerful, secretive few. Many of the rest of us peons have heard that in 2004, both candidates for the White House were members of Yale University's Secretive Skull and Bone Society, many of whose members have risen to powerful positions. But Skull and Bones is small potatoes compared with the mysterious cabals that occupy virtually every seat of power, from the corridors of governments to the boardrooms of Wall Street. Take the Illuminati, a sect that is said to have originated in the 18th century Germany, and which is allegedly responsible for the pyramid and eye symbol adorning the $1 bill, they intend to foment world wars to strengthen the argument for the creation of a worldwide government, which would, of course, be satanic in nature. Or consider the Freemasons, hey, who tout their group as the oldest and largest worldwide fraternity and boast alumni like George Washington. Uh, fun fact, I believe both my father and grandfather are Freemasons. Um, some think that despite donating heaps of cash to charity, they're secretly plotting your undoing at Masonic temples across the world. <laughs> or maybe some theorize. The guys pulling the strings aren't concealed in shadow at all. They might be the intelligentsia on the Council of Foreign Relations, a cadre of policy wonks who allegedly count their aims as publishing an erudite bi-monthly journal and establishing a unified world government. Not necessarily in that order. Um, yeah, it's all a plot, is, is the idea. Um, I don't know. Um, Illuminati is one of those things, and I, I don't want to wax political too much because people don't really like to talk politics at the end of the day. Um, I don't want to wax political, but I think it's, it's pretty evident um, that, that some people in, in our existence, in our lives, in our government... Um, have way too much power and are able to get away with uh, whatever they want. Is there some type of group where they all meet on Sundays, have dinner, drink some wine, and talk about it? I don't know. Maybe. Um, all I know is that money exists. 
power exists, and you can do a lot with both. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> put it, put um, it however know. you want to put it. it the, the Freemasons thing, obviously, that, that's an old, old common uh, topic people talk about when they talk about secret societies. I don't know if that's true. Um, I know people that were in the Freemasons um, and other, other groups of that sort. And yeah, they're very secretive, and you know, it is what it is. I don't know if they're running things per se, um, but I do think there are deeper groups inside the government that, I mean, maybe they're Freemasons. I don't think so. No. Um, but I mean, we, we there's video evidence. There's there's um, a person we're going to get to in a little bit uh, actually snuck in and recorded a video of a uh, event that happened um, with some very very popular known political yes. figures I, uh, I, I know about this yeah where they are um, talking about drinking blood and cum and you know uh, all this weird stuff uh, like burning figures ch- children pro- prostitute children and shit yeah it's yeah. It, there's there's so a lot a very, there's a lot going on there it, it's a very weird situation that they just shrug off as saying oh no no it's not like a real thing it's just more of like a traditional event thing blah 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 and i'm like they're they're doing it plain as day yeah which is which is what leads to these theories is you have people that see this and they're like wait 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 we have we have presidential candidates at this place where they're passing around juice calling it blood they're saying it's juice (laughs) you know calling it blood and uh semen and stuff like that and you're like you're you're trying to be the president of the United States. You're trying to run the free world. Um, and that's not including, you know, the, the topic of, like, um, the the Rothschilds and, and, you know, Wall Street, the Federal Reserve families right. and all that that are all involved. Um, that's a whole other ordeal. I think those are the real secret societies. I think those are the societies that JFK would have been alluding to. Um, I mean, Freemasons, I don't know. I've known Freemasons uh, locally. Um, like you said, maybe your father, your grandfather. I can't confirm if my dad is or not. I know that my grandfather is. Right. Um, I, I've done jobs at a, a couple guys' house where they have that symbol. They have that little plaque of, of the Freemason symbol on it. Right. And uh, everybody I've ever met that was in it, nobody was ever an asshole. Nobody was ever some weird... You know, I feel more uncomfortable when I'm around a priest... And I am around a Freemason guy. You know what's ironic? You know what's ironic yeah. there? Uh, my grandfather's also a uh, ordained minister, <laughs> so oh, so you're you're snap. doubly afraid of my grandfather. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want but, uh, you want to break into this next one? This is a fun one, and I and I do <laughs> and I do mean fun, and we can get into that. Um, yeah, I, I'm back and forth on this one actually. This is the uh, the moon landings. They were faked. It's now been nearly four decades since Neil Armstrong took his giant leap for mankind. If that is, he ever set foot on set foot off this planet. Doubters say the U.S. government, desperate to beat the Russians in a space race, faked the lunar landings, with Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin acting out their mission on a secret film set located, now depending on the theory, either high in the Hollywood Hills or deep within Area 51. With the photos and videos of the Apollo missions only available through NASA, there's no independent verification that the lunar landings were anything but a hoax. The smoking gun? Film of Aldrin planting and waving an American flag on the moon. 
which critics say proves that he was not in space. The flag's movement, they say, clearly shows the presence of wind, which is impossible in a vacuum. NASA says Aldrin was twisting the flagpole to get the, get, to get the moon soil, which caused the flag to move. And never mind, the astronauts have brought back hundreds of independently verified moon rocks, which this is true. Yeah. Theorists have even suggested that filmmaker Stanley Kubrick may have helped NASA That's make my the favorite first moon one. landing. It is a pretty good one. Given that his 1968 film, 2001, A Space Odyssey, one of the greatest movies of all time. Hell yeah. Proves that the technology existed back then to artificially create a space-like set. And as for Virgil 1, Grissom, Edward, uh, H. White, Roger B., uh, three astronauts who died in a fire while testing equipment for the first moon mission, they were executed by the U.S. government, which feared they were about to disclose the truth. Far-fetched as a hoax theory may seem, a 1999 Gallup poll showed that it's comparatively durable. Six uh, percent of Americans said that they thought the lunar landings were fake, and five percent said that they were undecided. I'm I'm gonna lay it out there nice and quick. I'm gonna say I don't give a shit, but <laughs> but at the same time, I think it would be funnier if they were fake. Whereas, like, there's undeniable proof we've been there by now. So it's not hard for me to believe before my lifetime we we got there. But I do believe America is super petty and would have spent millions of dollars on faking it just to fuck around with the Russians. Right. Um, I mean, that, that's one of my only reasons on why would we fake it is because we wanted to, to beat the Russians. I mean, it was a tense tense time space race. in the world. Um, they made it to space first. They had Sputnik. Um, they, they've done many more things in outer space before we did, so our only thing was, well, fuck it, we gotta go further. What's the next thing? The moon. Um, which makes sense. Um, there's a lot of people that say a lot of very uneducated things about it, like, we can't get there because of radiation. That's, that's a lie. We know that's not true. Um, uh, it could it have been fake? I think absolutely it could have been. Um, mostly, I think that's plausible to the fact that NASA admits to doing artist renditions and then posting it as totally. real photographs or things of that sort without, you know, without addressing the fact that it's you know fake. Um, there were video footage of them doing these things. Um, like uh, underwater or on uh, cables. Exactly, but that's identical. but that's all within reason that these people were gonna be some of the first people to do some of the craziest shit in the existence of, of mankind. I I, uh, I I do not doubt that they had full suits with uh, with rigs that made it look, sound and feel. Like, they were exactly where they thought they were, and it may have even been designed to look like a different planet, to, to put people in that spot to prepare them mentally and physically for what they were about to do. It is not very hard for me to believe that parts of that was also filmed, you know? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's all just fun. I think it's a funny one, because... I think the implications that we could get away, you know, away with it, like a big old Ashton Kutcher prank, 
um, <laughs> I think is funnier. You know, I just imagine Filthy Frank just being, you know, turned into the Russian government being like, it's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. Um, and, and, you know, and then, you know, we make the history books. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's, it's funny, um, at the end of the day for me. And if people want to go crazy about it, I'd say feel free to go crazy about it. I, I know that space is, is space. So I'm not gonna like, I, I don't, I'm not gonna care too much. So I think, um, I think we were there. I think it's, it's likely we had the ability to, to fake it, to, to televise it fake. Um, but the, the aspects I have that stick with me believing we actually went there, we, when we say we did, is that it wasn't NASA is the one who actually recorded and brought back the video and audio information. It was actually different sites in Australia and other parts around the globe that were actually facing the moon during the time of the landing yeah. that actually received and rebounced the broadcasts. Um, so others were able to pick it up besides just NASA. And that's, uh, and that's cool. The, yeah, they say NASA's the sole owner, but it, it dozens and dozens of other institutions were able to also grab that information out of the air yeah. at that time. Because it, Cause it, it lined wasn't up. NASA who just broadcasted it. Exactly. Yeah, the, so, the so source, that, the, the sh you know, the satellites were all looking in the right direction and they were all able to pick up a feed. And it all, and it all said the same thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't originating on the planet. Right, how could that happen? Yeah. How, how some, could bounce, a, some serious a, bounce a back plan. is how that happens, which I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if tech, if um, tech was that far. So it's just, you know, those those are some realistic aspects to consider. Is you know, It's not like it was just broadcasted on cable news from NASA in fucking Florida. Right. You know, it, it, it was signal received in Australia from a different, an entirely different installation that fed that broadcast among others that have reports of also being able to receive the broadcast. Hey man, I'm I'm all for it. I I I think like my my livelihood doesn't change regardless to the answer. Absolutely not. Um Absolutely. I know we've been to space. It if if we if we got to space 6 months later than the Russians and we were just worried about beating them, then you know that's that's funny. But if if we actually, you know, if we actually did it, you know, like, good for us, man. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna ask I'm not gonna ask about it too much. Um, this next one is fun, and you know, it's the Da Vinci's Code, um, mm -hmm. Jesus and and Mary Magdalene. Um, you know, did they or did they not get it on? Um, <laughs> and and we'll we'll get into some some short discussion on religious perspective uh, let me just read what Time Magazine here has to say Jesus and Mary Magdalene might have been married or so says the Gospel of Philip that lying dick sure it's the basic plot of the Da Vinci Code the thriller also wraps in conspiracy shibboleths like Opus Dei and the Knights Templar for good measure but the theory finds its basis in writing from the Gnostic Gospels, which were discovered in 1945 and whose authenticity religious experts still dispute. In the Gospel of Philip, Mary Magdalene, who is referred to as Jesus's uh, bay, uh, it's, a, it's a stupid term for millennial love interests. Um, no, Jesus is uh, referred to uh, ko koinonos, a Greek term for companion or partner. 
is depicted as being closer to Jesus than any other apostle. It's because she sucked his dick! In exchange... That's pretty damn close. In exchange between Peter and Mary, he admits to her that the Savior loved you above all other women. A tense moment in the scripture that seems to portray the jealousy that the other apostles might have felt for Mary's relationship to Jesus. Peter also wanted to suck his dick. The only other evidence used to support the theory is a mention of Jesus kissing Mary often, but some say kissing was the custom and it was typical of Jesus to practice it with those close to him. Remember Judas, but also just remember Jesus might have been bi. You know, he might have just kissed everyone. So here's here's my thing, and I'm just going to put it down real quick and people can shrug me off if they want to shrug me off. There is too there is too many documents, too many uh, fictional, non-fictional, what have you, too many documents in existence that prove that the Bible just stole from a bunch of different cultures and made its own little book. Um, I'm not gonna deny that there was a Jesus guy walking around. And he may have been super popular that people wanted to write about him. And I do not deny that he might have even claimed to have been the son of God. But what I do know, and I'm just looking at Siddhartha, Gilgamesh, you know, the Quran. You know, I'm looking at shit that was around the same time or even predates. You know, there are certain letters and gospels and, and things that just, they go back further than the Bible. And when you realize that you're reading the same story, but its origin is Africa and not the Middle East, and it predates the Bible, then it makes you kind of scratch your chin and say, well, that's kind of funny. And, um, and that's kind of where I sit on religion as a whole. So will I deny that there was a Jesus? No. I'm not going to say that there wasn't a Jesus, and I'm not going to say that he wasn't hot on some thotty toddy um, who may have caught his eye. Um, <coughs> I'm not going to deny that at all. I'm not going to deny that they 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 killed a they killed a guy who claimed to be the son of God. I'm not going to deny that. Um, what I'm going to deny is that a lot of the stories, a lot of the tales, a lot of the stuff that's talked about in the Bible, just just comes from different places and the jesus section may just be fan fiction you know thrown thrown into a bunch of other stories to kind of wrap a narrative around to to try and to try and give people you know some faith to get us out of uh polytheism and to get us into monotheism because the order just makes more sense um and i think that whatever you a, a you kind of put it the exact right way, I think, in alignment with what I would say is that it was all information that was borrowed from other faiths, if you want to call it that, um, or, or pre-existing stories, like you said, fictional or not. And uh, I also agree with your statement that I think I think Jesus did exist. I think he was, but he, you know, like Eddie Izzard said it best. You know, he's a randy young guy going through. Um, it, it happens to, to the best of us, Jesus. <laughs> right, like you know, he was just a hippie guy during uh, the the empire, and he didn't uh, go with what they said. Hey, man, Abraham Lincoln liked to wear a big hat. 
it's not hard for me to believe that someone just as likable existed far older and and wowed a bunch of people by just being, you know, hip and nice. Exactly. You you said it best when you said hippie. Honestly, that's what he did. He just walks around promoting love and unity and happiness. And a, and a lot of a lot of people who who liked order and regime and power, a lot of people just said fuck you to that. So, you know, it's not hard it's not hard for me to for me to believe. Look at look at what happened to the hippies even in in their own timeline, you know. So yeah, I don't think I don't think we need to wax poetic about Jesus. If you if you believe in in Jesus and you believe in you know your faith in, in God and all that, I'm not gonna knock you for for doing your your own thing. Um, because because I I more or less do believe that a Jesus could exist, but do I believe that he like is actually the Son of God personally speaking? Absolutely, hell to the na na. But that's just me. <laughs> Um, well, you and I came together on this next one, and, um, uh, I'm just gonna read it real quick, uh, Holocaust Revisionism, and, and you, you pretty much told me, um, and I, and I'm in full agreement that we'll give this one a big old skip, (laughs) give it a big old (laughs) skip-o. They, they, they try to bring some points in that... Uh, even used in weird ways where it, I don't know I just don't think it's a it's a bright um, conspiracy theory to really dabble in with with the evidence in the situations we have I think there are some things that happen with this that that are very well could be conspiracies unrelated to what this part is actually getting at but I think it's a it's a sensitive topic that that shouldn't be talked about as like a myth or or a, a right because we know and we we have facts to prove this that you know there was there was crazy stuff going on at that time there was human experimentation they were getting the governments were getting away with a lot of shit over there um you know a lot of lives were lost and it wasn't just um people of jewish descent millions of people died of just you know from all over so it's just it's it's one of these things that I think both gnarly Charlie and I just look at and go, yeah, we just don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So like we'll talk about nine eleven. Oh no, that's fine. We we lived through <laughs> we lived through nine eleven. We witnessed that. We didn't witness the Holocaust, and there's enough proof to say that it happened, and it happened for stupid reasons. So let's just go ahead and, and give that a bit old skip. So I'm gonna let you take <laughs> this next one, which. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure about, but you know, it, it definitely. It's it's interesting to 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 look at. It's uh, the CIA and AIDS. I have actually, if this is what it's going to be, I have actually heard of this before. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll we'll try to dive into this here. Since the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention first reported the the HIV. HIV and AIDS epidemic in 1981, rumors have persisted that the deadly virus was created by the CIA to wipe out homosexuals and African Americans. Even today, the conspiracy theory has a number of high-profile believers. South African president uh, once touted the theory, disputing scientific claims that the virus originated in Africa and accusing the U.S. government of manufacturing the disease in military labs. When she won the Nobel Peace Prize, Kenya ecologist uh, 
Wangari. This is not want to butcher that it. name and insult. <laughs> Um, Wangari used the international spotlight to support that the theory as well. Others insist that the government deliberate, deliberately injected gay men with the virus during the 1978 hepatitis B experiments in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. I am going to pause right sure. here because I want to focus on that. Um, this injection of gay men with the virus in 1978 for hepatitis B in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, there is a lot of signs that point to this because it was when this happened is when those three areas became hot spots you, and it blew up instantly. You don't afterwards. have to prove that to me because I know for a fact just by listening to um, different podcasts about different horrible, horrible events, um, mm. there were there were gay people in power um, in various cities. Um, I'm just going to bring up Philadelphia as one where... Um, People, people weaponized uh, blood. Mm. People, people who, people who had AIDS were being paid to to donate their blood to certain to certain individuals. So, like, it is not hard for me to believe that uh, the bio the bio warfare aspect of things. Um, yeah. I, I could I could believe that. Yeah, I mean, it's something that they can easily dismiss. Um, and again, I mean, but the fact that this article touched on that, I want to emphasize on that, is that's one thing that uh, I, I've heard in depth about, is that 1978 hepatitis B experiments, um, that's something that people can look up that easily kind of backs up that, oh, this is a little suspicious on how this kind of blew up instantly after this, this whole situation. Oh, totally. Um, uh, still others to point, Richard Nixon, uh, who combined the U.S. Army's Bio-Warfare Department with the National Cancer Institute in 1971. Uh, though the co-discoverers of HIV, uh, Dr. Robert Gallo and the National Cancer Institute, and Dr. Mont Montagnier um, of the Pasteur Institute in Paris. Don't agree on its origins, most members of the scientific community believe the virus jumped from monkeys to humans sometime during the 1930s. I also heard that argument. Right. Um, now, people used to joke, uh, a man had sex with a monkey. Right. <laughs> right. Um, that was not what they were getting at when they talk about it jumping from monkeys right. to humans. It was <laughs> actually a hunter or scavenger um, who killed and ate said monkey, or as they were... It's the rhesus monkey, monkey. somehow crossed... Yeah, they cross-contaminated themselves with their blood and the monkey's blood, and that's how it jumped from from the monkey to the human. Um, obviously, we don't know for sure. We'd be, you know, we'd be lying if we said we didn't. They, we have a lot of evidence that proves that this man, who they believe was the original that infected zero. from the monkey, right? Um, there is supposedly evidence and documentation that proves the travel and and the the, the infection spread. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot to go between that and between the hepatitis B uh, experiments as well. So I'll leave that up to anybody. Uh, but that is definitely a good one to go go down a rabbit hole on a you know a couple podcasts or, or some online searches a little bit one night when you're a little bored. You want to start to get a little crazy. <laughs> I've never, I've say. never personally delved into this one myself. It's not too bad. It's a good little find, and, and it's it's well documented enough each way where it's not as crazy as what the next one. This about to this do. next one does deal with something I wanted to talk about anyway, um, 
which theories which which you said you didn't know too much about so it it all plays into the reptilian elite and that that is the next one um i'm gonna read and i'm gonna tell you about the reptilian elite (laughs) so getting into this one two things before i get into this one big old swig a big old one of these boys Because I'm going to tap into your, I'm going to tap into your, your fucking alien brain for a second here. The reptilian elite, they are among us, blood drinking, (laughs) flesh eating, shape shifting, extraterrestrial reptilian humanoids with only one objective in their cold-blooded little heads to enslave the human race they are our leaders our corporate executives our beloved oscar-winning actors and grammy-winning singers and they're responsible for the holocaust the oklahoma city bombings the 9-11 attacks and at least that's what according to former bbc sports reporter david ike Hell yeah, David Icke, who became (laughs) the poster human for the theory in 1998 after publishing his first book, The Biggest Secret, which contained interviews with two Brits who claimed members of the royal family are nothing more than reptiles with crowns. Oh, beautiful. The conspiracy theorist and New Age philosopher who wore only turquoise for a time and insisted on being called Son of Godhead says these Anunnaki, which are the reptilians have controlled humankind since ancient times. They count among their number Queen Elizabeth, George W. Bush, Henry Kissinger, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Bob Hope, for an example. Encroaching on other conspiracy theorists' territory, Ike even claims that the lizards are behind secret societies like the Freemasons and the Illuminati. Since earning the dubious title of Paranoid of the Decade in the late 1990s, Ike has written several books on the topic, including his latest work, the David Icke Guide to Global Conspiracy, while operating his own website, complete with merchandise and advertisements. Um, I fucking love the reptilian theory, man. Um, so the, the basic reptilian theory is that there's just a subterranean plane um, underneath our, our world. You know, it's it doesn't have to be as carnal as Midnight Meat Train, um, but, you know, that's certainly one way to interpret it, maybe a little bit more Lovecraftian way to interpret it, but, you know, um, the Doctor Who lovers out there, the Brits out there, um, who have a, a certain snake race on, on Doctor Who, um, heavily alluded to have been inspired by the Anunnaki, um, it's essentially snake people that can appear as human. They wear like a human skin, uh, a human cloak. Um, they, they paint their skin, you know, different, different things. They have technology that just gives them, you know, a silicone body and they, they exist internally. And, um, it's just crazy. It's a crazy fucking theory, man. Um, cause it, it, it obviously dates back to ancient times and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it might not be as popular as the Tall Greys, you know, in, in all of history. Yeah. 
the 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 owl like heads with the big eyes and the and the spherical domes that like stretch the skull but reptilians are up there because you know they're they're a part of the i believe it's called like 12 factions of the universe the david ike's so-called like 12 alien species like the anunnaki are the big bads now the tall grays aren't aren't nice they're not great most of them are working with or for the reptilians in, in ike's uh perspective but um you know they're they're more like um honestly they're probably like tall grays are more probably compared to like scientists who just like to experiment on humans whereas the um the reptilians both feed off of and use human as a, a form of cattle um they keep the planet chugging so that they don't have to um you know they've orchestrated every every movement in our history of humankind um you know they've they've infiltrated every every sect you know the the idea of reptilians is just so fucking far reaching that it's almost like it's fantastical in nature the fact that people think like People think even to a point that, you know, the reptilians created humankind to be a slave race, you know, a cow-like race, you know, they, they engineered us even. Um, I, I, as much as I love aliens and, and as much as I believe that like anything and I'm like waving my hands in the air so this doesn't carry over to podcast, but like, I'm, I'm imaginative enough to believe in anything, but like reptilians are one thing that I just have to laugh about. I, I can't quite believe it for, for part of, part of me just, it falls back on the green skin and pointy teeth kind of creepypasta nature of all of it. Um, look like Bosque. Yeah, it really is boss. It really so is boss. I can't, every time I hear this this topic, that's all I think of is, is you like, think, I of just think of boss. Fucking standing next to IG and Boba Fett, I'm just like, nah, man, get the fuck out. It's just <laughs> hanging like, out, right? No, uh, I mean it's it's far more sinister than that, though. It really is. It's it's you know people people think that like presidents have been reptilians, man. Like I've seen the whole <laughs> mole argument for Barack Obama way too many fucking times. Yeah. Photo manipulation is just so easy nowadays. Like you can make anyone believe anything. Like it's just it's it's it it's one of the only conspiracy theories in this entire list that has like close to zero fucking proof, but yeah. so many people believe it. Whereas like whereas like like the JFK or the Area 51 you know, there's a lot of hearsay, there's a lot of hidden belief, a lot of skewed facts, and a lot of, um, public knowledge of, let's say, tomfuckery. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is no tomfuckery with the reptilians. 
there's nothing in existence that points to reptilians. Like, like David Icke literally just decided one day, like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to bitch about something. I might as well bitch about, oh, well, the elite are a bunch of dinosaur people from the middle of the earth. <laughs> like, yeah. He just decided one day that that's what he was going to be. And I don't, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg thing. I think, I think Ike implies that they were here the whole time and humans were second. Um, there are others who, who say that the humans existed and the aliens came along and then nested in the center of the earth because they like our, our climate and shit. And then they just grew accustomed to us, um, and started to use us, you know, like, like alien conspiracy theorists would would like to assume um but you know it's it's one of those things and and how this touches hollow earth and hollow moon is essentially the idea that some humans are in on it like some humans know that the reptilians exist because how would they get away with everything if at least some humans weren't benefiting off of the reptilians existence well it's the same way with hollow earth it's like well only the elite benefit off of the hollow earth theory which is this idea that um you know there are not several layers to the planet there's an outer layer there's an inner layer for like the elite where everything could either be you know simulated or just utopian and then that's how they travel very quickly across the world because you cut through one point to another. Some believe that there's a portal at the North Pole and a portal at the South Pole. Um, Hollow Moon is, is a lot better of a theory, in my opinion. Um, Hollow Moon is just saying that ultimately there, there has been a faction on the moon, like an Iron Sky type of thing. Um where essentially the moon is colonized, maybe even weaponized, and it it's almost used as, like, a hub to monitor the Earth. Um, funded by whom? I don't know. Maybe that's where the reptilians come in. So, um, is, it, is that just an aliens thing? The aliens are monitoring for that? No, no. There's, I mean, the, the other, the other, you know... If you were to humanize it, I assume that you could argue that the uh, the Russians or the Germans beat us to the moon and then quickly, like, colonized parts of it. Um, and then hid it from all humanity. You know, essentially something like that. Um, mm -hmm. the, the basic hollow moon theory is that um, we made the moon. That the moon did not exist. That the aliens helped us make the moon. And it is meant to be like I said, almost like an outpost in nature for monitoring planet Earth. Um, it's it's n nothing, nothing I'm saying makes a ton of sense where you go, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not saying yeah, yeah, yeah to any of this shit. You're saying like, oh, that's interesting. But it's mostly nah. <laughs> like, it's mostly like, nah, that's just not how it is. It's um, fun to talk about, but... The planet, the planet has, has been proven time and time again that there's just a whole lot of shit underneath us. 
thousands and thousands of years, and you know the oceans, the oceans prove this. Yeah. Um, there's just there's too much shit beneath us, and there there is absolutely a, a planet core. It is not empty. Um, and you know if we if we bring it back to reptilians, you know, um, it's far more believable for me to then say if the reptilians exist then they exist in a much warmer middle section of the planet, closer to the core, because they are cold-blooded creatures. Um, but, you know, they'd be able to exist in those harsher habitats. Um, do I believe they are coming out of the Earth and orchestrating mankind? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just struggled the way you do that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a perfect response. I've listened, I've listened to so many people, even David Icke himself, talk about this topic, and it is just like it's worse than the Jesus thing. Like, yeah, I could, I could admit that there was probably a guy named Jesus who went around doing magic tricks. And, like, yeah, I guess if there are infinite fucking universes and infinite galaxies of unexplained territory, then I suppose there might be reptilian-like people somewhere, you know, with, with advanced levels of intelligence that may even surpass us age-wise. I, I can admit that, sure, if if all if all realities exist, you know, go for it. Do I believe that they are hand in hand on this planet dealing with us humans right now? That's where I just start laughing. <laughs> That's where I start laughing because you you are seriously going into like tinfoil hat territory. It's serious tinfoil hat territory. Um... It's, you know, the same aspect of talking about people with flat earth and other things of that sort. I just, I can't, I can't really be bothered. Flat earth breaks me. That's, that's why I don't talk about flat earth. Flat earth just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why do you believe that? Are you an idiot? (laughs) Have you a better chance? Have you not seen pictures? If you do a fucking hollow earth reptile you know overlords <laughs> and, I, and I, there's no chance of convincing me a flat earth um, that's right. what I'm getting at you know right. it's just the, the whole ice wall idea with titans that live outside the ice wall it's like basically like cabin in the woods but conspiracy theory yes. level <laughs> yes which is why I mentioned uh, Midnight Meat Train which which looks at it maybe a little bit more bio- biologically two um, movies you actually introduced me to I love both of those movies man <laughs> Midnight Meat Train was a fucking hell of a ride. It's a roller coaster, man. And good. both I of them it. are about secret government cabals. You know, one of them is an Illuminati type organization, keeping the uh, the old gods, the reptilians, um, from bless you, from oh, coming above ground and just consuming all of mankind. Whereas the other one is about a government company that. Uh, <coughs> mediates the pleasure of gigantic old titan gods um, from basically coming out and doing their Old Testament shin all over again. Right. Uh, it's some, it's some uh, fun It's some fun narratives to run with. 
it was good. And so yeah, I'll take entertainment in those aspects on that kind of topic of yeah, reptilian man. or titans sacrifices versus the ice wall man. The elites live beyond the ice wall and appease the titan gods. Yeah, it's coming, brother. <laughs> yeah. I got a guy who would make a hell of a guest on this topic, but he would just go so balls deep, man. I believe like, you told me about him the last time we recorded yeah. talking about aliens. Oh, God, dude. I can't. I can't. Oh, I I recently, and and I don't know if I'm going to cut this or not, but I recently, on a, on a business trip, I was just drinking at a bar by myself, and I ended up having conversations with the guy next to me. He's... He's like ex-Secret Forces. Like, he was showing me military pictures and his guns and his uniforms and, you know, drunkenly, mind you, super drunkenly, opening up to me about um, the type of tech and the type of arms they had access to. And I, I was eating that shit up. I talked to him about... Uh, super suits. I talked to him about advanced like Kevlar and and super bullets and um, sound guns. Um, you know, different different types of uh, I I guess UFOs or different modes of transportation. He he was he loved talking to me, man. And I'm just sitting there in Mexico at a bar drinking my whiskey minding my own business and an hour later I'm talking to someone who is legit ex special forces and for the life of me I wanted to take my phone out then and there and just start recording what we were talking about but this dude was just like drunkenly going on about how all this shit that he's monitored and all this shit that he thinks exists uh, levels above him and all this other shit and I'm just like Man, I, I ate that shit up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of theories about like the microwave gun, um, and the sound stuff. I mean, and some of it's some of it's legit. Um, it, you always kind of want to meet those people, though, right? Those ones that that you're like, oh man, like, do, do you have it? Do you have the inside knowledge? Are you fucking with me? Or are you being right. legit? You know, <laughs> you want to be on the inside. But I it, just. It's, I, there, there are, there, are, there are just simply, you know. There are things I want to know exist, and, and the reason, uh, can be whatever it wants to be. I just want to ask yes or no. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, uh, the idea that like. A popular one I've thought about recently is like. What predated the dinosaurs? Um, that's that's something that I've I've been doing a lot of like reading about um, mm -hmm. the idea of of you know what if there was something that predated that has something to do with uh, the mass extinction of a of several hundred species um, other than a comet or asteroid. Um, but yeah, I, I want to keep us moving. I want to keep the momentum going. Um, so now we're going to talk about five ridiculous conspiracy theories uh, brought on by none other than 
uh, Alex Jones, <laughs> who is a, a fun person to talk about. Um, I believe you referenced him earlier. Uh, okay, I can't remember what I was talking about, but yeah. It's hard not to reference him when it comes to the topic of conspiracy theories, you know? Right, he's very outspoken. He has his own his own medium that he, he puts his own thoughts out there, and, and some people eat it up, and some people, you know, love to bitch about it, and no matter what, he's getting the, the spotlight for, for either. Um, I think to, to start with this first one is actually... Uh, interesting. Um, he he says that the government has weather weapons. Yes. And I'll just say that the uh, I'll just read this little bit. And I'm this article is pulled off of CNBC, mind you. So someone actually you know did some research and made an article about this shit. It says that Jones doesn't just believe that the secretive forces are at work to control people's minds. He also warned for years about government efforts to control the weather to wreak havoc on unsuspecting citizens. In a 2013 broadcast, Jones warned that, of course there's weather weapon stuff going on, according to a transcript produced by Media Matters, a left-leaning watchdog organization. We had floods in Texas like 15 years ago. Killed 30-something people in one night. Turned out it was the Air Force. Um, Jones acknowledges the existence of natural tornadoes, but insisted that of May 2013 tornado that killed two dozen people and left more than 200 injured may have been orchestrated by the government, which he said can create and steer groups of tornadoes. In a broadcast this summer, Jones maintained that there is weather modification going on. They tell you about the stuff you know about, GPS and all that, but when it comes to controlling the weather, they don't. But it's just all the trade publications, the university publications. It's all there. And that's my frustration, he said. <laughs> and then the, uh, the next one, I'm going to let Charles take, take this one on. Um, it's probably my favorite of his conspiracy theories. And the only reason I'm skipping ahead is because I think both you and I are like in agreement that the government definitely has some tech that they're experimenting with. I don't know if they can control tornadoes, but it's easy enough for me to believe that they can... Um, I mean, this has been proven. You could, like, point clouds. You could, yeah, we, you could point they, clouds. Like, you could you could push things in certain directions. Are we weaponizing they, they, it? I don't know. Maybe. We know that they have... We have the technology to disperse hurricanes, even. We, we have the ability to drop these... Uh, again, that's something you'd have to research, but I know that they've come out with the, 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 the way to do it where you would fly a plane into a hurricane and you would drop these bombs that would basically freeze areas of met, uh, of air that would reduce the growth The turning speed velocity, the, yeah. Exactly, and bring a hurricane down to a tropical storm, if not lower. Um, we also have, um, I mean, go look over in the Middle East where you have these, um, Dubai and all that, where you have these rich cities you know the wealth is unimaginable but it's it's a terrible environment to live in so what do they do they literally create rain they literally fly planes in the air that spray this uh, this this chemical compound that creates rain clouds yeah to make sure it rains there um so we know that it's possible to do it is it yeah. on the, the level of like used to like alex jones goes off about creating tornadoes and running them over a dozen people uh, yes, that's that's a bit of a jump from 
you know, being able to, to attract moisture. I in think the if air we were using, <laughs> yeah, and I think if we were weaponizing the weather, there would be a lot more like, you know, government official dies in terrible, uh, freak storm, you know, articles, you know, from from across the world. Um, right. You know, they um, they do exist, those articles, but are they orchestrated? I think not. Um, this, um, so this, this one, this one is my favorite. Um, <laughs> and this to be is, honest, I, I don't know this. You one. don't know <laughs> this one. I don't. It's know his this most. One. It's his most popular one, and it's uh, the I, chemicals in the water are turning our frogs gay. <laughs> I, I have heard the phrase that turning our freaking frogs gay. gay, but I honestly have never looked into it because as soon as I hear that the frogs are turning gay. I'm like, what? I think uh, I think this one is funniest because so many frog species are, like, asexual. So, right. like, it doesn't matter if they identify as uh, homosexual or however you think they produce, but <laughs> clearly nature has outweighed this one for, for Alex Jones. <laughs> I'm going to let you go ahead and read this one since you don't know too much about it. Okay. So, uh, one of Jones's most notorious conspiracy theories is that the government is using chemicals in order to turn people gay, using the mysterious gay bomb. Gay bomb. <laughs> okay. It's literally quoted that he calls it a gay bomb. Yeah, man. I just want to emphasize that. Uh, quote, the reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation, and I have the government documents where they say they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. He said this on his broadcast in 2010, according to NBC News. Five years later, the theory took a turn. In a rant that has since become a meme and a line of t-shirts, Jones said he didn't like the government putting chemicals in the water that turned the friggin' <laughs> frogs gay. <laughs> the majority of frogs in most areas of the United States are now gay, Jones said in 2017. The claim was without evidence. <laughs> 1994, a government lab did request funds to pursue a development of a weapon that would turn enemy combatants gay, though the project was qu quickly shelled and no such weapon was developed. No, and no, that weapon exists. It's on Netflix. It's called, uh... <laughs> it's called, uh... Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit, I wonder if that came out in 2013. <laughs> With this 2013 report... It's older, and I Gizmodo believe. Gizmodo... <laughs> Gizmodo notes that the same lab also requested funding for bad breath bombs, flatulence bombs, and bombs designed to attract swarms of stinging insects to enemy combatants, noting that the gay bomb is certainly the most novel. Uh, <laughs> Turning the freaking frogs gay! <laughs> it's, How does a uh, government lab, a government lab, I want to emphasize that, a government <sighs> lab request funding to make a gay bomb, bad breath bombs, flatulence bombs and bombs that are designed to attract swarms of I mean it insects. is coming from Gizmodo so I don't know if we necessarily yeah. want to believe it um, um, so yeah that's the first time actually hearing turning the freaking the frogs gay I, I've, frogs I've known about this one for probably I do I do actually want to say probably like six or seven years honestly like how, how long has he been to 2010? Yeah, it's easy to, for me to believe that I heard about this like seven years ago. Um, <laughs> I, 
I know it did its rounds as a meme, and it really was my introduction to him. It really, really was. That and Goblins were my introduction to him. And I, I mainly didn't start talking about it and sharing my knowledge of Alex with other people until probably, like, 2017, where he started getting a lot more outspoken and a lot more ridiculous. Um, but the frog's gay thing is just, like... I think he's trying to say something, but just saying it wrong. Um... I mean, I when he doubles down in 2017 and says the majority of frogs in most areas of the United States are now gay, I think I think that's almost him, like perpetuating what he's saying so that he's known for saying that. But I think what he actually meant was just that, like, the government is testing these things, and. And to his knowledge, they've tested things on frogs, and the frogs are now gay. And I think he just went about saying it the wrong way by just saying the government's turned the freaking frogs gay. I just think it's so fucking funny, man. Um, I don't know if I don't know if there's a reason for it, but it's one of the craziest conspiracy theories I've ever heard. Why? Why is the question? Why do you want it to? I mean, why do you want to weaponize gayness? <laughs> like it's, it doesn't kill anyone. Um, <laughs> I mean, it stops the promotion of life. Sure, if if they can't give birth, that's a I mean, that's a mighty way to control population numbers. But you know, I don't think. I mean, the government lab didn't even request the funds for the gay bomb to reduce. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, the spawning of, of people in, in civilian, you know, population counts, as as Jones mentions it for, they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so people don't have children. It was requested in 1994 by a government lab um, to turn enemy combatants gay, specifically is what it states. Enemy combatants, so soldiers. Like you're saying, it's not going to have a big effect, you're just going to have some gay soldiers which, that doesn't mean they can't fight. doesn't mean they can't shoot. <laughs> they're not going like, to be so distracted by each other's cocks that they're going to give right. up fighting and just start fucking each other. I th- Like, you're better off dropping a bunch of ecstasy over the command. Right. try to get at. Right. What is, what is changing their sexual orientation like, going to do? I'm sure, like I'm sure hundreds of gay soldiers and navy men have, have existed in, in our time. And I'm sure they've yeah, for sure. I'm sure they have purple hearts and they've done amazing things for our history and our nation and our country. But like it has nothing to do with but, uh, with any of that shit. No. It's so funny. It is no, I mean I think I'm you, literally you crying. You were at a point with that, you know, he's trying to get at the fact that more so that a government lab, you know, again, according to, to, to our sources here, um, was requesting funding for this. Do you think that's more of what he's actually trying to get at is why are they trying to request funding to make something like a gay bomb? Right. Um, but he's such a personality for being over the top and exaggerating and talking about the most absurd shit that could possibly come up just because it's a business. He's a personality. Right. Um, when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, he pretty much said as much. 
Yeah, he does. He, he admits himself. And he, I mean, and, and not to use this term in a derogatory way, he calls himself a retard. <laughs> like, Honestly, I gotta tell you something. I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like the guy knows he's not he's not all right. Um, and this this is a prime example of that case. Uh, all the frogs are turning gay. So um, if that doesn't explain it for you, I don't know what will. <laughs> Um, I don't really, I don't really want to get into the Robert Mueller is a demon and also a pedophile, because you could, only th- you could put the name, you could change that name and literally yeah. pick like eight different people that he talks about. He he constantly calls Barack Obama a reptile. He constantly right. calls Hillary Clinton like a goblin. You know, like mm-hmm. we could change, we could change the name and also mix in the pedophile thing for like whoever the fuck he wants to talk about he talks about bill clinton being a pedophile all the fucking time like there's there's he'll say whatever the fuck he wants so i'm i'm not gonna get into personal conspiracies about people he doesn't agree with um what i will get into which is actually a crazy one that um yes i believe we've even talked about before um or perhaps i'm thinking of scutch um, Scotch and I may have talked about this. Um, Sandy Hook, you know, it was a, it was a school shooting. Um, a lot of people and kids died, um, but it happened uh, at a time. And weirdly enough, uh, I, I believe this conspiracy theory got a lot of traction and a lot of speed, like on Reddit. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people were claiming that things just weren't lining up that people weren't getting information the right way or straight from the source, that it was being fed through the media in a different way. Um, almost like people were finding out facts from the media and not from the police. It was it was weird. There's some stuff some places and some stuff other places. Um, I'm just going to briefly read what, what Alex Jones has to say on the topic because I'm, I'm sure all of you are very curious to what Alex Jones thinks about Sandy Hook. Uh, One of the few conspiracy theories that has led to real consequences for Jones is his claim that the 2012 shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School that left 26 dead, including 20 children between 6 and 7 years old, was a hoax that employed so-called crisis actors. Jones claimed that the shooting was completely fake and staged in order to promote more restrictive gun control policies, And earlier that year, families of the children who were killed in the shooting sued Jones for defamation, specifically citing comments he made in an April 2017 broadcast titled Sandy Hook Vampires Exposed. Eight families have sued Jones, claiming that his reports on the Sandy Hook massacre have caused them immense personal pain and led his followers to harass them. After originally calling the shooting a hoax, Jones later said that he believed it really happened but insisted that the family suing him were agents of the Democratic Party. Um, yeah, the Sandy Hook thing, um, I think the Sandy Hook thing really, and it's a, it's a glass half full, glass half empty, um, argument, I think, if you were to put the conspiracy theory in front of someone, it would just tell you essentially, um, what that person thinks of their government, or what that person doesn't think about their government in certain perspectives. Um, I think for a, a little while, I entertained the, the crisis actors um, 
kind of staged nature of Sandy Hook. And that's just because people there were citing things so confusedly. Mm-hmm. Um, when it really... When it really comes... Exactly, because without lack of information, people fill it in with whatever they want. Um, but But it really did happen. People did die. And it's one of those things where... Unfortunately, this was the first of many terrible public shootings, you know, that, that just seemed to, to happen. Um, it, it continues to happen. It, it, there, it, it's, you know, what, it's Florida, it's Vegas, it's different schools, different buildings, you know, it's, it's happening all over the country, you know, enough, enough that there's music about it, enough that there's video games about it enough that there's conspiracy theories about it you know so it's it's not something i i want to like really again like wax poetic on but you know this conspiracy theory did do some serious rounds absolutely um you know and and you nailed it where you said that the information coming out when this first happened wasn't what you expect to have happened with a tragedy like this um and that left positions for people to start doing their own things and we're in the age of the internet where it's not hard for people to look into other people um whether through social social media or some other means um to find out relations to to what may have happened um i mean there were even spots of people seeing the same person they're like oh the same same person's in the background of of this one and that one right and uh i I know one of them that i ended up finding out about because i was like wait a minute and I looked into it and I realized it was the same thing. And to, to reference it, rather than the same thing happening with the COVID-19 right now, there's a video going around where they're showing a picture of a, like an ICU room. And uh, one news story said they were talking about Italy and how they're doing handling the epidemic. And the other news story was talking about New York City and they ended up being the same shot of this ICU room. Yeah. And uh, all the conspiracy theorists are like, it's fake, it's fake. They're using the same shots. And I'm like, or what they're doing is something called stock footage. Or they're using something yeah. from... You know, or this journalist said, "I need, I need photos, or I, I need video to fill in this this story I'm covering." What can They're you get me anywhere up. that has footage of this? Right? It's not. That's right. not hard to right. believe. Yeah. So Media is its own game, man. Yeah. Um, so saying, you know, it leads me to go, okay, all right. They they pulled that that clip from um, unfortunately another recent incident of a shooting that happened, um, just because they're trying to show the relationship here. Uh, it's just people take that and they just run with it. And, um, you know, the, the, a lot of things spiral because people just don't take the moment to realize, you know, we're not, we're not used to this type of thing. Um, and Jones, yeah, he fucked up. This is, this is one of the biggest things, in my opinion, that I think, I think shot him down. This is what I think got his, his spiral on Twitter and everything else where he's basically barred from everything is because of this story that he did. Yeah, and I mean, with, with good reason. Um, Absolutely. He, he needed to, uh, and, you know, to, to put it in less than nice terms, like, he definitely needed, like, a muzzle sometimes. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he needed, he needed something to shut him up because there were just, there was too much shit he was saying that just wasn't good. You know, yeah. like, it's not, it's not so much that I have personal feelings against him. Like, I, I really don't care if I met him, I'm... I'd probably rather take a selfie than, like, bitch at him about something. But, like, mm. him as a person just spreading that type of, like, negativity and hate and, you know, disillusionment, like, I'm just not into it, 
You know, like, I'm just, I'm not for it. I'm not for a lot of the government in a lot of ways, but I'm not for media in a lot more ways. Um, you know, how things are portrayed, how things look, how things sound. Like, you have control over all of that, and you're using your your channel and your power and your talents for, for this. Like, come on. What are you doing? Right. Um, we, don't, we really don't have to get into this last one either. Um... Uh, if if I were to mention Pizzagate, I'm sure That's enough. You don't need to say anything. I'm sure that. redditors would understand Pizzagate. Um, Pizzagate is just the idea that um, there's a child sex ring being run out of pizza parlors across the country, and um, of of most notable, Jones likes to say that Hillary Clinton is is leading Pizzagate. In, in cahoots with her, her husband and their child sex ring, Alex Jones has time and time again said that, like, uh, you know, George W. Bush, Kevin Spacey, you know, um, Bill Clinton, like, they're all, they're all just getting together and fucking kids. And, and, well, we have and to anyone be a seen little... with them is, is, is doing the same shit. Right. We do have to be a little realistic in that some of it is is obviously more of a hot topic now especially with epstein's case happening. oh yeah um, epstein getting busted um him obviously supposedly you know epstein didn't kill himself everybody's seen that meme yeah um, but he he had strong ties with clinton clinton flew more times on um to epstein's island than i think he did like it was, it was like something that, he, that he's done in like the last few years to anywhere. Basically, is what they're what they're saying. Like, like he goes to Epstein all the time. There's a there's a painting Epstein had of Bill Clinton wearing a dress and heels. Yeah. Like he has a painting of Bill Clinton wearing wearing a woman's dress and heels. It's like, what 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 do you mean? Why do you have this? This is a little weird for you know political high class figures. Um, why are you going to an island with 14-year-old and, and younger girls that, that are, are obviously being used for something that they're not being you know, shown as? Um, it, it's weird. It, it, that, that it, has weird. Some, um, it's had, it has some far-reaching applications, man. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's this whole Pizzagate thing. I'm just saying it's this... The Pizzagate is, the, is the McDonald's Alex Jones version of it. <laughs> um, he's the... It's the it's the McFuckwad approach to to a, a bigger, far more vast and insidious conspiracy. Um, it's just a conspiracy that human trafficking is real, and that just because you have money or don't doesn't mean that they're not involved with it. We know that there are kids being sold in other countries today yeah. in auction. Yeah. It's illegal. Um, that's just the reality. It's it, granted Jones spins it in his own way with Pizzagate and everything, but the harsh reality is is child trafficking sex trafficking is still very it's still very yeah. real we, yeah um and i think that's what actually needs to be addressed not not the pizza gate whole, <laughs> yeah. not the pizza gate there's no reason for pizzerias to be harassed man leave, <laughs> leave the, pizza the pizza guys, guys. Alone. yeah um is there is there any any like conspiracies we didn't touch on or we didn't talk about that you just want to talk about um i mean we we've gone on. I feel I feel we've we've beaten the horse a lot today. Um, hey, we we had a pretty long. We we <laughs> did we did a lot of talking about a lot of things, and and you could prove that that's 
that's just because it's been a while since we've gotten together and during this during this virus there's no better way to spend you know some some time with a friend than than you know a nice a nice call a nice chat both from the safety of your own individual homes <laughs> so i encourage i encourage all people listening to continue doing what you're doing stay home you know uh reach out to your friends and family over over skype if you don't live with them or we're talking over discord um i know i, I do the same thing with cannibal siren um who will be in an episode coming up soon um, just because this entire pandemic has me only seeing people I know and people who are healthy and also, uh, doing Skypes with people who live a little bit further away that I'm, I'm not really able to see right now. So, you know, Gnarly Charlie, it's been a time. You definitely said it. We've, uh, we've given this topic our full. We talked, we talked a lot. We <laughs> talked a lot for a very long time. Um, but we, we talked about COVID, we talked about our feelings there, we talked about video games, and our feelings there, and we talked about what we set out to talk about, which is some conspiracy theories. And I feel like, um, even if, even if some of my facts are wrong, or some of my interpretations of things are wrong, it doesn't really matter. Bunch of conspiracy theories, it's up to you to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe about any of these things. If if uh, if anyone picks up on any of those uh, those titles of, of organizations or things I fucked up and meant to actually talk about, you know, feel free to leave that in the comments. Feel free to leave that in the uh, in the Facebook thread. Hey, I hope I hope by the time this episode comes out, that you know, we are in a better place. That we are we are perhaps through the uh the pandemic shit as as it were um i believe this episode might be released the first week of like may or the last week of april so i hope to see some you know some advancements in in that direction and here's also a drink to all you fuckers if things got worse gin gin gnarly charlie any 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 finishing uh, thoughts? Anything you wanna you wanna give? Any knowledge? No, just on, on the realistic note, like you said, you know, with with the COVID situation going on, I know this will be out, you know, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, this isn't going to end, you know. This this unfortunately, this pandemic will still be going on around this time comes out. So please, you know, stay safe. Think of your friends. Think of your family. Uh, we're all already going stir crazy, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, that's it, it's just we gotta flatten the curve. As weird as as people have been saying, flatten the curve. Right. Um, so just do your diligence. I mean, who, who the hell gets to be a hero by sitting home and drinking beer and smoking all the time? You know what I mean? Like we should be enjoying this. Not I'm and that. and you know, as much as so, I am complaining about it, you know, I'm also not not you know hating myself as much as as you know I probably would if I was on a space station in the middle of nowhere. Or perhaps actually stranded in the Arctic. Um, you know, things... And I think perspective helps a lot. I think things can definitely be worse. Um, and luckily things have not gotten worse. You know, knock on wood. No. So, you know, like I said, I, I hope... Uh, oh, we're, we're ending it so cheerful and so nice. Usually I tell everyone to go fuck <laughs> themselves. But, 
you know, here here we are. So many so many listeners have like reached out to me. I've been talking to Jamie all week about how things are affecting her where she lives. Um, you know, I think it's important. I, I know, uh, I know, uh, Billy motherfucking Wilkinson is over in, I think, New York dealing with this shit. Um, I know Tom Bombadil is over in New York dealing with this shit. I'd, I'd love to hear from my, uh, my buddies, uh, over in Colorado or California, tell me how they're dealing with that shit. Hey, Kitty, if you're listening, tell me, tell me how New Zealand's dealing with this shit. I wanna, I wanna know how everyone's faring, I wanna know how everyone's doing, and, uh, you know, feel free to comment, post, share, like, subscribe, whatever, fucking kill yourself, you know? So whatever <laughs> these kids do these days. <laughs> Put me in your top eight friends on MySpace, I don't know. <laughs> Topical and appropriate. Um, so this was episode 159 with Gnarly Charlie and myself as myself, El Capitan, uh, covering them conspiracy theories. We'll, uh, we'll be, we'll be back for a a long, another, another probably shorter episode. (laughs) Gnarly Charlie. Sometime soon. We'll get more regular ones now. We got the schedules worked we'll, out. With we'll time. figure yeah. this shit out so. eventually. <laughs> that's that's the Absolutely. game plan. I wait till the days end when the moon is high. Land until we stand at the shore. At the shore.